The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked off the vine, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've completely overhauled our process to shorten the time from harvest to home for our tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. Because we know how much you love fresh produce, we give you more time to enjoy your tasty fruits and veggies at home. So whether you're shopping in-store, picking up, or prefer delivery, we're committed to bringing you the freshest produce possible. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Blank check with Griffin and David. Jonathan Raylock. James the Third. Drop in the game. Don't know what to say or to expect. What more can I say? All you need to know is that the name of the show is Batman K. Jump. I need you to survive the podcast. I, I, what is that? John Boyega says that at one point. Okay, all right, sure. Yeah, great. I that's a good, that. that's we, a good we, one. We were struggling. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah, one. Yeah. Oh, cool, yeah. cool. <laughs> there are, What's, what does he need to survive? The night. Okay. The night. Yeah, okay. I remember okay. that. It's yeah, a trailer line. Yeah. There are yeah. only four quotes on mm-hmm. the Detroit IMDb quotes page, and the other three come from the racist cop. Yep. Will Poulter. Right, and can sure. not be reworded into funny <laughs> podcast openings. Um, I have so many thoughts on him. Wait till we get there. Hey, this is a whole movie of thoughts. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, hello, everybody. My name's Griffin Newman. I'm uh, David Sims. And this is Blank Check with Griffin and David. We are hashtag the two friends. And th- this is, in terms of the number of people on mic, the biggest episode we've ever done yeah except for the live revenge of the sith one i guess but that sure. was all people were dropping by this right. is the most that we're all on mic at the same time right the whole time the, the rugrats are meeting the wild thornberries what else we got what oh, are some good cross- ninja turtles when they met the Power Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like yeah. When Friends Classic. and Mad About You, didn't they cross right. over? Well, yeah, you know, they Kudrow had Ursula. Sister. Yeah. Right. When, yeah. when Urkel went to Full House. Yes. Mm-hmm. When, when the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles met the turtles from different time periods. Yeah. James, uh, James, sure. James, so you guys from, a, wait, no, I don't know. That's a lot this of isn't a time James. travel. Well, I guess the Jetsons was time travel. That was right? time travel. Oh, it's just it was bringing two factions. It's bringing factions. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. You got wrong, factions James. going here. Two friends are Whatever. meeting three friends today. Uh, th- this is we uh, one of our favorite movie podcasts that we invoke a lot. Uh, we have had yeah, all man. three of these men on as guests separately. That's right. And people were happy, but they said, "Okay, but when are you going to do the full on crossover? This is a crossover. When it's are you going to blast our eardrums <laughs> with too much yelling?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From a combination of six <laughs> irritable people. Welcome to Black Men Catch Up in Hollywood. Hollywood City. Uh, I don't want to do it for this one. James. This, this, yeah, you're right. I don't want to do it you're for right, this right. one. Actually, you're right about that. You're, you're right. We're just. Okay, uh, hello. Hello. What is uh, that? That's, oh, that's, 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 that's the only that. thing that I could He's doing a Detroit do. or something. What was yeah. the name of the group? Yeah, what was the group? Uh, the Dramatics. They're real. Yeah, they're real. Great group. name. Uh, so this is this is uh, Blank Check meets 
Black Man Can't Jump in Hollywood. Yep. Yeah. Uh, is there a cool name we get? I got to think of a cool name. Like, was it? Uh, a blank man can't check <laughs> no. in Hollywood. Sure, done, done. <laughs> done. We did it. I mean, it's better than black check. <laughs> yeah, I say black check. You can't do that. Uh, black check can't jump in Hollywood. Yeah. No, no it's right. Honestly, that's yeah. right. Yeah, it does. It does. You could have called your podcast that. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, th- this is a podcast about filmographies, directors who have massive success early on and are given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. Sometimes the check's clear mm. and sometimes they bounce. Baby. Case in point. Case in point. This mm-hmm. is a bouncer. This is a yeah. big bouncer from a woman who seemed to be on a real can't miss role she yep. seemed to have after a, a real rocky career of ups and downs mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, you know true. she had found her footing yeah and had become a full force canonical People were like oh major american movie filmmaker. on the way gotta yeah what's this gonna be you know <laughs> and we've done a couple miniseries now in a row where the people kind of get their groove back or even following up with someone like Shyamalan a year or two later, sure, and mm-hmm. and he rebounds. They finally figured it out, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. They pulled out of the tailspin. When we decided to do a Catherine Bigelow miniseries, we thought the run was going to continue. That's true. We decided to do this before this before movie this came out, right? Yeah. Right. And we were like, oh yeah, she's got this big movie coming out in the summer. That'll be that'll be a good thing to peg it to, right? Uh, and now it's a real bummer of a way to end a miniseries because <laughs> it's a movie yeah. that is very frustrating, yeah, on a number of levels, yeah. Uh, and also just uh, just on release, people were like, ah, nope. And, and then that was, was wildly that. unsuccessful. Yeah. And it leaves a big question mark as to where her career is going to go next. If she's mm-hmm. going to stay in the zone and try to correct or if she's going to take another swing, because she's certainly someone who's shifted in terms mm-hmm. of styles and genres before. Sure. The movie we're talking about is Detroit. Mm-hmm. And we have, of course. And the miniseries is Pod 19, The Widowcaster. The miniseries is Pod 19, The Widowcaster. <laughs> and we have John Braylock, That's James III. And draw Milligan yep. here on the Woo. show. Today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just clearly want to establish my voice for the listener. It's the one that sounds uh, less irritated, but also. I haven't done anything yet. What are you doing? I'm I, just saying, like. I haven't it, done anything. It's like smooth. It's the, it's the rational. Uh, are you going to just say what our podcast is? Are you going to do that keel. intro? Are you going to do a Oh, yeah. Out? Oh, yeah. Uh, this just for those who, who don't know, <laughs> Black Men Can't Jump, we review films starring you know leading black actors and we talk about them in the context of race in hollywood so this would fall under this falls under this falls but you under, guys yeah. hadn't done this movie but we hadn't done no. this well, movie any reason honestly uh, i fought very hard against it great. so much so that when this came up this cross-up episode i low-key forgot the movie until i had to start looking for <laughs> it and my anger for it instantly came back yeah <laughs> this is i feel like this is the kind of movie you always are railing against on your podcast oh the thing is I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah. This movie literally ruined the first half of my morning, but I went on a walk, got to center myself, and now I feel calm. All cool. right. See, like John that. thought I was going to yell. No, no, no. I he, rode he, up he, in the he, elevator he, with James. Yeah. And he was like, I just finished it. I, I finished it <laughs> and then walked straight here. So, And I sort of basically said like, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. The last movie she did before this was Zero Dark Thirty? Correct. Yeah. That was like a long period of time, right? That was five yeah. years ago, yeah. right? Four Goodness. years ago? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I feel yeah, like 2012, out, four, yeah, five years ago. Five years ago. Yeah, and there was a Crazy. weird series of things she almost did. I mean, I yeah, don't think she, it was an issue of her not being able to get a movie made. I think it was her being indecisive about what she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Well, because it was that movie Triple Frontier, right? Which now came, being made by someone else. It was J.C. Chandor, but I don't. I, he might have dropped out. They keep on switching the cast around. 
she announced right after Zero Dark Thirty, which was wildly successful. Controversial, but made a yeah, ton of money. Say, yeah. Controversial. But and it made money and it got yeah. Oscar nominations right. and, you know. She yeah, won yeah. for that one, right? She, no, she won for she her, won her, locker. her locker. Her locker. got you. But the other big thing is Zero Dark Thirty is financed by Annapurna. Uh-huh. And Megan yep. Ellison, Megan Ellison. Oh. who's got endless cash flow, right? Yep. Says like, and I love Megan Ellison's like, I want to make movies that aren't like right. studio crap. I want to make like movies that are important, blah, blah, blah. But right? I think like, she's particularly proud of Zero Dark Thirty. It was the most successful movie they had. So yeah, and she, everyone was like, it'll never work. Right. Like, right. Yeah. And yeah. it was a full on like blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so I think she's got a real blank check here. Megan Ellison will bankroll whatever she wants to make. She almost does Triple Frontier. I think the cast was supposed to be Johnny Depp, Tom Hanks, and Will Smith. Whoa. At one point, at one point, right. at one point, the, it's, the, the, on, it's, it's in pre-production now. I'm looking at it. J.C. Shandor, you're right. Mahershala, uh, Mahershala. Except now he's on the IMDb. I feel like he was announced. They announced at one point it was going to be Mahershala and the two Afflecks. No Afflecks. Right now, the cast is Pedro Pascal, Charlie Hunnam, Mark Wahlberg, Garrett Hedlund. That's a weird. Wow, really? But I think Mahershala is definitely supposed to be in it. I know he's yeah. now in True Detective. She should have had a blank check after uh, Point Break. I mean, because let's well, think about she, it. She did. She did. We talked oh, about she did. it. Oh, now, Strange Days. Strange Days. No, no, Strange, Strange Days, Strange Days, my friend. Which is the movie she made right after it, which James Cameron, her ex-husband, mm-hmm. had this crazy deal at Fox off of Terminator 2 where they were like, we'll give you $600 million to make however many movies you want. Uh-huh. And he's like, cool. I'm going to take $70 million to make wait, True wait, Lies. Wait. We don't have to re-explain Strange okay. Days. We don't have time for that. Come on. But there's a lot of overlap between Strange Days and yeah, Detroit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Except Strange Days is a movie about like... Uh, Police brutality. It's a movie it's about. Movie made like, me wake of the LA riots. Right. Oh, it's yeah, it's wow. a movie about like a an anxious city becoming yeah, violent. But it's not about a real incident. And it's also and a sci-fi movie. It's a sci-fi movie, and it has yeah, I don't know. It has a yeah. big cast. Oh, and I a, remember this. But it bombed really hard, and that's that. That was a check bounce. It took oh, her while wow. to recover from that. Right. Yeah. So yeah. she almost has triple frontier. She almost sets up a that. show at HBO that doesn't go. Yeah. And I yeah, think there are right. one or two other movies. The Bo Bergdahl movie, which became Serial Season right, which 2. which turns into Serial Season was 2. Was all which research. Is, which is so weird. weird. Right. That's because it's Mark Bowl, her right. screenwriting uh, collaborator, who is working on these things with her. Yeah. But it's yeah. that thing that sometimes happens when people uh, have this much momentum is they become a little paralyzed by committing to one thing. Right. Sure. Because it always has to be great. Right. You can't fail. Exactly. So then she lays her chips down on this. Uh-huh. on Detroit but for a long time no one really knew anything about it they just said okay it's a movie about the Detroit riots it's her and Bull yeah and then cast was starting to come out Boyega was announced everyone assumed Boyega was the lead because he was hot off of Star Wars this is true but people didn't know the title they didn't know the plot they didn't know the scope of the story until the trailers started coming out in the summer and very quickly people were like uh... oh, yeah also it's like it doesn't need to be called Detroit Okay, thank you. Calling it like, Detroit. Why did you is call a, it Detroit? Well, I think one problem they have is there's the book um, called. I need to find. I want to find the but exact. Isn't the title. book solely about the um, actual hotel? Yes, but that's the thing. The it's Algiers called the Algiers Motel, Motel right, Incident, right. but they do not own the rights to that book. Okay, interesting. Uh, John Hersey refused to sell the rights, so they couldn't call it Algiers Motel or anything like that. I think that was their uh, one of their roadblocks. Now, of course. You might be thinking, like, I'm going to make a movie about the Algiers Motel incident. Huh, they want somebody who writes the book. Maybe I shouldn't make the movie. Right. Like, oh, maybe this is a bad idea. Right. Because but this no. book is like, the book apparently is written by a white guy. But the thing about it is, is that apparently it's like one of the most accurate and like. Right. Thoroughly respected, researched. Yeah, sure. like respected but conversations about like race. They like weren't allowed to use it. 
if that makes sense. Which is crazy because I'm thinking crazy. like if you have this book that's respected about this incident and that actually talks about race and the guy sees a problem maybe with your script <laughs> right, or right. your movie, maybe you should listen to the right. dude who like black and white and people from Detroit actually valued. Right. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Why, what was the reason? Was there a stated reason why he didn't want uh, I'm going to find a few because okay. I think there is one. But, um, but I agree with you. I made this point on our Lincoln episode, and David said I was really petty for saying that, but I think it hurts that movie that it's called Lincoln because it's not about Abraham Lincoln. No. It's about the passing of that amendment. <laughs> and I similarly think, like, Lena Dunham got fucked over by calling that show Girls because some people were like, this is a show about all girls, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, I, I mean, felt like she was constantly asked to, like, represent everything. That's not the only problem with this movie. But this yeah. movie is not about Detroit. Not and it is, it's not about the Detroit riot. At all. Not even a little bit. I mean, really, <laughs> no. it's about one specific incident. Yeah. And but the, the trailer and made it seem like it was about the Detroit riot. The posters riot. Yes. are the streets. Yes. Yes. And the way it was sold, right. Because the way it was sold was like, this needs to be told. Yeah. And it's right. all these like sort of vague posters just of the city and the streets. And you have and, like, John Boyer saying survive the night, which makes it feel like it's going to be an on the ground. Like this is what it felt yeah. like to be in the middle of this. And then it's just a movie about this one incident. I think the, my single biggest issue with this movie is I think it's precisely the wrong size. I think it's both like too big and too small. Mm. Like it kind of needed to pick a lane and either be this like, that. yeah, well, aside from the problem that she probably wasn't the person to tell the story. Right. But, like, it either needs to be a large tapestry of, like, this is explaining this entire circumstance yeah. and showing a lot of different characters over a period of time. Or it needs to be, like, just in the motel. And she's kind of trying to do both a little bit. Yeah. Like, the central 80 minutes of the movie is just the motel. And then she sure. tries to put some context at the right. top and some closure at the end that yeah. doesn't really Oof. go down well. The closure at the end, I think, really hurts. <laughs> that, 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 oh, man. I had to pause it and get up at the closure part. Because I'm like, <laughs> you got my man just... And again, I know he, I, first off, I need to know what kind of movie she was trying to make. Yeah. Was it a horror movie? For instance, like if you were going to make a horror movie, then like you should have just stuck down. That and middle chunk that. is a horror okay. movie. It is. Right? But the thing right. is, Definitely. I couldn't tell yeah, yeah. if I, that was the point. Get Out was that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like Get Out made a horror movie and they set it up like a horror movie where this right. movie. This movie I don't is know what not a documentary style horror movie or yeah. I mean, whatever. Sure. But it's like, I, uh, I would have issues with the movie, but I still I think the movie would be 30 percent better if she just made a movie that never left the Algiers. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it was yeah. that simple for her. She was like, I just want to do ratcheting tension. I want to do a story that's a microcosm I, of what's going I on. I, I, I still don't think no, the movie would have totally been, worked, but it would have no, been much better. I think people would have been just as angry about the movie, though, because the like a lot of people would have been less movie. angry. Still angry because so, people were so mad about like why are you making me watch this like yeah is your point that the Algiers Motel incident was bad because that's not really a controversial or new thing to bring to the table. I, I mean, I went so I why, when I saw this movie there was a talk back with her and a yeah lot of this the I want to hear about interesting yeah okay. I mean well you know it was one of those talkbacks where <clears throat> because it was like you know union actors and union writers and was this every, like a SAG screening yeah yeah. Uh, uh, actually, it might have been a DGA screening, to be oh honest. God. But they, John. Oh, John's fancy. Okay. But fancy they were like, we're on 54th Street. Okay, John. Okay, John. Okay. Everyone just literally was like, yeah, look at yeah. you. Yeah. To, be fair, to be fair, I deserve all of that. That's a okay. nice, uh, sorry, nice, uh, nice shirt you're wearing, Brett. <laughs> I know. Uh, all right, all right. Wait, I want to hear about this. <laughs> this is the beauty of having five, six people on that. It's good. It's like we're all laughing. It's a nice like room tone. Yeah. All right, sorry, go ahead. My fault. Um, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. But uh, cause so there are no tough 
que- they were all softball sure. questions given to her. How many days did it take to shoot? <laughs> was there a lot of improv? <laughs> <laughs> like the questions that everyone asked yeah. at every. But like yeah. her, her continued stated reason and the actor's stated reason for doing the project was like this story needed to be told sure. and it's so relevant to what's happening today. You know, essentially, I took from that uh, people need to know when police when we talk about police brutality it's a real thing and perhaps the only way for people to really understand that is for them to be put in that situation and literally empathize with the people who are going through horrific police brutality and then go oh wow i get it now i get the mistrust of police i get this i get that I, in my mind, I think that's what she was going. Yeah. For. This sure. movie has a lot of. Pro- I mean, how do we do this? Because the thing is, like, it, yeah. the, like the initial. I guess my initial problem with this movie is that I always bring up sometimes, like, who's the lead of this movie? Uh, that's I'll, a great I'll, question. I'll, I'll say, no the nominal like, lead is Algie Smith, right? It's the who closest plays see, Larry. See, yeah, yeah. Right. And the thing is, I would never have even thought that he would have been the lead until watching the end of the movie, seeing right. him go to church. Yeah. To me, the person who has won the most screen time. Who legit? You see his mind. I'm gonna agree with both, what you're saying right now. Me, the racist me. cop is the, the leader of the movie. The racist cop is the leader yeah. of the movie. Will yeah. Poulter is the leader of this like, movie. Like you see, you see him at the beginning. It's oh, true. he's he like, has I'm a not whole racist. Arc. He's oh, given the most backstory. He's the, given the most closure. The whole thing. And I at certain points, he's the leader of the movie. At certain points, this, I I had that realization like 40 minutes, and I was like, What the fuck is she doing? Why is he getting most screen time? And also, it's like, yes, am I supposed to feel bad when he's like, he's like, Oh, we're not actually killing him. We're not doing like, wait, wait, see you give a shit at a certain point like i i was so baffled about also if he's gonna be lead what are you saying about him like are you are you saying he's a leveled multi-layered racist right like are we defending the racism i I don't think she is but i think it's just what you're saying the amount of time you give him the more she's letting us think about him he has layers i mean yes (laughs) which sucks i've been saying this the whole podcast the whole miniseries like especially the hurt locker and zero dark 30 she's like i'm giving you you i'm you bring yourself to this right i'm giving you what happened you can project what you want onto it i feel like she has this very removed perspective and it really hurts her in this movie it's well a, especially yes. in the yeah i'm gonna say yeah my problem with this uh, the idea of a removed perspective is like it's inherently a lie <laughs> like yeah, right you right, cannot right. have it's, a removed perspective right, exactly. especially with zero dark 30 i mean like that the idea of like this is exactly how it went down it's like no but i also think zero dark 30 is like this kind of like messy gray area story where it's like okay this thing that we were all very invested in this thing that was seen as a great victory when we did it the means to how we got to that point are kind of murky but -hmm. this story is like no this sucks right this is bad like there's no kind of gray area about like but wait a second and also they use certain elements because like when this movie first came out and i remember when john went to that screening i like started googling it and started looking stuff up and and they do have that that end card at the end of the movie saying like some of the facts people really don't know, like some things they exaggerated, which I guess I respect. But for instance, sure. the, another thing that bothered me is that they had uh, Easy E. Um, I'm uh, calling J- Easy Jason E. Mitchell. Jason Mitchell, um, guys, Easy E. Okay, Easy E. Uh, oh easy, easy E. Easy E. It could movie be an Oscar nominee this year. Easy E. I mean, not for easy, this movie. Not easy E. Should have got an Oscar nomination last time, but he I'm gonna leave that alone. Yeah, yeah. Thousand percent. Like yeah, he definitely should have got it. But the thing about the gun, right? So think about the gun, depending on who you ask about the gun and whether the gun was real, whether the gun was there, like the gun was never found, is that a lot of people say the gun never existed, period. Sure. So pe- a lot of people say the gun just didn't exist. So right. including and it even including, is a bit of editorialism. Yeah, yeah, that right. also bothers me because what you do is, it's like you show this black dude shooting this gun at the cop, whether the gun was real or not. And they say in the movie, the gun was a toy gun, but he's doing this aggressive act 
which almost could say, oh, he is the reason that they came here in the first place, almost putting the blame on them, oh, yeah. which is the thing they say about black people all the time. It's like, oh, what did you say back? What like, did you do to provoke What did you do yeah, to let this if, happen? If yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that the gun was something that, like... It's a questionable it's thing. Still it's a question. it's still, like, no still a question yeah. today. Sure. They legit and never found it. that being said, can I just fuck this movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yes. No, because that was, that was the thing that upset me the most, was, like, how uh, cock and... What's the cock and bull? What's the term? Yeah, he was well, sure. he, Yeah, yeah. He uh, uh, when he's like just shooting. Well, that scene is so peculiar. Yeah. we don't know who this guy is. He just nope. walks in, <laughs> right? Um, and like, and uh, and so the if if that is a question, the to show it feels uh, like it's hurt. That's our. That's it's that do thing. Harm it's, to yeah, them. it's that thing to me. Is like, oh, and again, the moment I saw him with that gun, I was like, oh, if he shoots once, it's a problem. Okay, he's only going to shoot once. They're literally shots of him just like popping off with this gun, yeah, and I'm like, you're you're literally putting the blame on them with this shot. Like it's Keanu yeah. at the beginning, beginning of Point Break. Yeah. Like it's him. It just is. Like, it's like right. just just doing it. And like so now, basically everything that happens from this point, because what you do is you have his black friend say, "Hey, if you do this, they're gonna come kill us." So you have it said out loud, right. and then you have him make a choice to keep popping these guns off, and then after that, the whole movie, the racist cop saying, "Where is this gun?" Everything that happens to them is about this gun. That scene essentially makes the movie Hellraiser. Like if yeah. you open this yes. box, Pinhead's yes. gonna come out. Yeah. yeah. And then he does it. So it like it it weirdly makes the situation less sympathetic. It yeah. does. Because not I re- fully, but not like in a way that's like she shouldn't bit. be doing right. anything to take away from the horror of these circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And I really liked when the gun was first introduced and he's like, This is I'm gonna show you white privilege, you know? And he's like, and he's like playing that game. Like I really the liked figure, that I mean, scene. He's and, a good fucking actor. Yeah, yeah and, but then like the the next scene is just like oh. I. But there are also <laughs> there are tons of movies that I think are are good that deal with true life stories where we don't know all the details and yeah. they own the mystery and they do not try to dramatize the things we don't know. They make a story intention around that's sure. something like Zodiac where they can't depict the things. Well, right, that's what Zodiac that there's is no, about. Right, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but no, I Mark think, Ball is not about that. Sure. Right. But yeah. you could have made a movie if they all knew we don't know exactly what happened in that first room. Mm-hmm. Where we're not seeing what's in that. We maybe we hear some noise, that, whatever. And, and right, right, the police right, right. come in and they go, "What happened? Where was the gun?" Sure. And you play into the mystery of no one in this room knows what actually happened. Yeah, can I give you? We a don't pitch? know what actually happened. Sure. So, like for instance, um, one of the things that happened after this incident is that a church in um, Detroit had their own trial once all the white guys got off, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like this big civil rights thing, and it was just like people from all over, and they they kind of held like their own mock trial of like with real facts, with real issues. And they found the guys guilty, right? To me, it's like, if you wanted to really show what happened and maybe have flashbacks, you do something like That's that. To frame it around Yeah, just that. frame it around this yeah. thing. We actually go back and see different things. And like the, the white girls that were there who talked sure, about it, sure. see like how people viewed it. But don't just show me this crazy horror scene. Right. And also the moment, and the thing that bothered me the most is that before, in the horror movie style, when we see the players, when we see them at the party. house movie. Yeah, yeah we, see, we see them. Yeah. We see the two white girls who fucked the black dudes, and we know this is now going to be a problem, right? We know the fact that, like, this one dude genuinely likes this one girl. They have a connection. This is now an issue. She's planting seeds. But, I mean, that's the thing. You see, that's the thing about the movie. It's like, right. she wants the tension to be building because she yeah. wants you to go, yeah. like, oh, no, I don't know if he should be firing that yeah. toy gun. Like, ah, shit. You know, like, and she, I, I mean, I'm saying she, she, she. Like, it's like only her. I mean, Mark <laughs> Bull wrote the screenplay. Right. But, uh, like, 
Oh, fuck. I'm losing my train of thought Can I call up the here. elephant in the room while you're regaining your train of thought? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to point out quickly, this is the only time in history that Jara has been made angry by a swirl being included oh, in a movie. Wow. Wow. This wow, is history. Right. Wow, you're actually right. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about it. First yeah. off, do we, we do see them kiss, right? Yeah. We yeah, do see you them see them make out. But the thing yeah. that's so interesting about that swirl is that, is that like, one, this is solely about race, but it's also a thing of the... <laughs> It's to think of like that hatred that these white cops felt the moment they saw those white girls sure. in that room. Right. I think in all honesty, and this is, this may be my theory. I think in all honesty, and it's not to take away from that situation. But if they would have not been there, if you just wouldn't have saw the white girls, I think this situation for those black men may have been different. I agree, hundred percent. Like, I think it the may movie thinks different. that. Yeah. yeah right. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess what I was trying to say was the movie wants you. And maybe this is part of the problem to think like, hey, man, even if they fucked up by shooting the toy gun, they don't deserve it or what, right? Like yeah. this shouldn't happen. But already you're in this like tricky gray area where like like you guys are saying where it's like we're in the same thing where you have different kinds of racist cops where it's like, oh, I think that cop's dumber than that cop. Yeah. That cop's more racist than that cop where immediately you're putting people on different levels. Sure. And sure, like, two of the cops you, are like, well, yeah. maybe they're only like 75% racist. Right. And then, of course, later <laughs> we see a cop who's like, oh, <laughs> you fucking racist. Or we're seeing right. this cop, <laughs> who would do this to someone? And like, <laughs> everything you do is so loaded. Like, you right. know, like, well, even if yes. you have maybe some story intention with it. I'll uh, tell you my least favorite scene in the movie. It was oh the scene God. that started making me feel really angry. And it was when I was starting to realize, like, oh shit, Will Poulter's the lead of this movie. That's a when, good call. When he shoots yeah. the guy in the back, right? And then he goes into his, Ugh. like, his chief's office. And the chief essentially gives him a speech where he's like, this is your last warning. If you keep being yeah, racist. Puts him back, right. on puts him back on the street. He's like, crazy. I'm pretty sure you just shot a guy for no reason on the street. So I got my eye on right, you. Right, but they, like, that's his. They, like, present this hero police chief who's like, I know exactly yeah, what's going sure. on. Racism is bad. You better stop it. No good. Very bad. Don't do it. But also get back out there, well, And kid. also, yeah. there's that scene right early on where, like, the tank, like, shoots out a window. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, what happened there? Wait a second. And there's no further explanation of it and it feels like almost just meant to rattle don't we see a kid looking we see a kid looking out the window they shoot the window and you're like did something happen there is that a girl die from a tank is this something that's inciting things but they don't come back to it during the riots like a a young a young black girl was killed but the thing that's so fascinating about even i'm happy brought up the 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 good police sergeant Mm -hmm. whatever the reason I knew something was off is that as he's describing, everybody hates Chris. Everybody hates Chris? Uh, everybody hates Chris. Uh, Tyler Williams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tyler, he's William, get, Tyler James Williams. Yes, he's the one who gets yeah. shot. Everybody hates Chris. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's the one who gets shot in the back, right? But as he describes the, the guy who gets shot, <laughs> and he was everybody hates Chris. I mean, they were right. Everybody hated him. Everybody they shot Chris. him in the back. The, he, the, the, the sergeant literally describes him as, oh, yeah, it was the only shooting where a guy leaked out under a car. So, like, you really just threw away the fact that this guy, what, I don't know if he's dead yet, yeah. but I know he was found bleeding under a car, and, like, you're just saying it in passing, like, it's not a big deal. Which speaks to this movie giving you, like, eight minutes of really intense rioting on the streets that are essentially just there to serve as window dressing for the story she wants to that's tell. That's the problem. If, that, you get, if you're yes. making a movie about it, that's fine, but right, instead it just sort of feels All you like show preamble. with the black people rioting. You see this yeah. one incident, yeah. right, with the black cop going in mm. undercover and infiltrating. The first scene. Mm-hmm. Right. And then immediately things go from, like, zero to six million mm-hmm. with riots in the street without actually... 
presenting a sort of any sort of understanding as to how these things escalate. That there was so much escalation before this moment. What was yes. simmering under the surface? Right. Mm-hmm. Like you could like do the right thing. Spends two hours. There is setting the, uh, up. the animated. The riot. Yes. Right. Right. Two hours setting up you know? the riot. And there this is the movie animated is just introduction. Like, I forgot about. That. Oh yeah, the quick yeah. history lesson. <sighs> this is my this is my big problem There's with a this history movie. Lesson. I think that I can give it as a whole, and I yeah. and I will say this is this is just my theory personally. After working at places um, like I worked at MTV News, right? John and James know how much I hated it. And I think the problem I have sometimes is that the woke white person thinks they may know a little bit better. And they may use like, oh, my friend or my coworker who is a black person like told me it's okay. So I know she didn't write this movie, but the problem with this movie is that there's nuances missing. Mm -hmm. Like when, when Steven Spielberg did The Color Purple, he knew what he, like the thing is, it was so much pressure. He was so like surrounded by black people who were questioning everything. Like, like everything is like, this is make sense. Why are you doing that? Which is why that movie has little nuances that are interesting. Like, how does Steven Spielberg know to do this? Because it wasn't him just saying it. You know, like he had help. Whereas in this movie, I don't know if she had the help that she needed to get this done. Like, you would have never, you would have never added this quick scene of, which people believe did start the Detroit riots, the, the speakeasy. Um, people believe that happened. But all you show after that is literally just black people riding in the streets. You didn't show the people and their families who were scared sure. of everything else. I, and uh, starting with right. the speakeasy makes it seem like the speakeasy is what caused the Detroit yeah. riots without giving any sort of pretext other than a fucking animated intro. James, yeah. I can see your burn. Also, like, the animated intro just really rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> also, because it, yeah. like, it starts with, like, the Great Migration. Right. Blah, blah, blah. The Great Migration? Like, it's like, it's <laughs> the like great that's migration. how it starts. Yeah, it starts with that, and then right. it goes, like, the, and and then like you know and then they they started working and then they moved to the <laughs> suburbs and then shit happened that's the it's like that <laughs> they, joke they pulled the money away <laughs> it's like that joke on like sitcoms where people go like can you tell me the story just start at the beginning and they go okay I was born in 18 <laughs> yeah, and right, you go yeah. like later no. and then they go ahead too far like the right. movie tries to give you too much context and then it's like hurry it up and they're like okay we'll get to the point yeah. but you're yeah. missing the stuff that actually is relevant to this specific well, tale. I, I feel like that that animated opening more so than anything else, really clarifies that Catherine Bigelow was making this film for a white audience. Yes, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. And not and only a white audience, what but you're like saying a white the talk back sounds like that too. Yeah, absolutely. Like, sure, sure. She's like, people need to people know need that to this know. happened. Uh, and and the idea was like, okay, there are a bunch of white people who like don't understand, like why black people mistrust police and I need to show them with this film and like I need to give them like a little quick history lesson so that they understand you know what was happening and the inequality that was happening to them here and then why they started rioting and then show the riots and then show how devastating the riots were by like showing a maybe a little girl just got shot by a tank Mm -hmm. showing this kid that we don't know you know who's like who's like taking groceries and, and, and then getting him him getting shot in the back even if a white person's like, he shouldn't have been stealing those groceries, but he didn't deserve to die. And then, you know, uh, they shouldn't be yeah. rioting, but, you know, yeah. it, it is pretty, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy that the tanks are happening. Yeah. And then it's like, well, they shouldn't have shot that gun at those police, but you're right. I mean, they didn't That's, deserve to have a night of horror. You know, it's yeah, all it's, like, it's right. always it's like all, this. There's like, equivocation. And even if the movie's <laughs> not trying to equivocate, it, you it's that you ha- you equivocate. It, yeah. It's letting yeah. you. It's, and, it, it leaves the space for it. And, and also the problem is as a tension-based filmmaker that opening chunk of like riot stuff mm. is so frightening in the same way that the mm. stuff in the Algiers Motel is because she's going for intensity mm. 
or she's making it look like a horror movie. Sure. Yeah. Rather than like a moment of sort of like uprising something that has a statement behind yeah. it. You and know? I'll tell you this right now. This is it's tricky. And this is in defense of Catherine Bigelow. I I respect that she tried to like help sure. show the light of that. But the thing that's so tricky about it, and I don't know the answer to this. I I mean, we talk about it on our podcast. I don't know. Because I think Steven Spielberg did a good job with The Color Purple, I can't sit here and say that a white person can't direct uh, a movie about black people. I can't say that a woman can't direct a movie that deals on man, men issues. Like, I right. can't say that if you're informed. But the thing that's very, very hard for me is that as a black person, even right now walking down the street, if I walked out with you guys, say John and James were here, and it was a cop that come up, I will all automatically tense up. Like, that's just how I'm in. It's just, it just happens. Because at the end of the day is that I don't know the difference when I first see someone, whether this is a good cop or a bad cop. I know they are good cops. I know they exist. I know they're great. But I don't know who I'm seeing right now until the confrontation or the incident happens. So the fact that she had this movie where there's even a part where, like, the, the, the white girls, when they get taken out of the room by the, um, what is it, by the, uh, uh, it's not a cop. He's a um, like National Guard. The, the National Guard. Guard. Yeah, she yeah, yeah. goes, are you going to tell the cops we're here? Are we safe? Are you going to tell the cops we're here? In that statement right there, to me, that is what this movie needed to get to. Sure, that statement right. is like the, the fear you have right now is you right. can't tell who is here to help you. Yeah. And these are the people who are hired to protect you and you are scared now. Okay, so I, there, there are two bigger issues uh, I feel like we're, we're talking about now that, that are the two main things that this movie represents that we need to talk about. One is the sense of like who gets to tell what stories. Mm -hmm. And Bigelow is a really interesting person to talk about in that light because like her two biggest movies are movies about masculinity. Yeah. Are like Point Break, and Hurt, Point Locker, Break and Hurt Locker. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Zero Dark Thirty, I'd say, is like the third. Sure. And that's one and that's of only like so much. two movies yeah. she made that has like a female lead. Mm -hmm. Most uh, of her career yeah. has been about depicting sort of testosterone with this outsider yeah. perspective, but with this level of like specificity and detail. And Point Break's a lot more heightened, is a little more satirical. Mm -hmm. Hurt Locker's a lot more stripped down. But you watch both those movies, and it's, and it's like she's getting some things about masculinity that I don't know a male director would have the distance to be able to perceive. Mm -hmm. But it also feels like with those movies, she did her time, she did her research. Film is collaborative. I feel mm -hmm. like when people talk about like, well, this person shouldn't be allowed to tell this story, they ignore the fact that there are a lot of people involved in a movie. But the difference is someone like Spielberg coming in with Color Purple and knowing what he doesn't know and knowing when to listen and when to ask versus like, I think I got this. I think yeah. I have a solid handle on this story. Well, and also, I mean, you know, it's written, it's made by, directed by her. Sure. It's written by Mark Bull. It's produced by Megan Ellison and other white people. You know, you're not seeing a, a lot of at diversity all. at the top of the movie. Like Barry Aykroyd shot it. Who's the guy? He, he's, uh, he's British for sure. Mm -hmm. And he's the guy who like does the Bourne movies. I right. mean, uh, I don't know. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly. So why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today with earning. Earning is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day and up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earning app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. And look, guys, I know you're like me. Sometimes unexpected instances come up where you need a little extra cash. I know for me, we, I got two dogs. 
every now and then one of these dogs eat something that they're not supposed to eat. <laughs> they be pooping, uh, you know, doing yeah, something. And I'm I like, we got to take this dog to the vet. And the vet's like, you got to give me my money. And I'm like, goodness gracious. Well, that's why you got something like earning because you can make earning a part of your financial routine. Enjoy earnings over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about earning, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earning Today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earning app, type in Jump Under Podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. Jump Under Podcast, subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See Earning.com slash T-O-S for details. Earning is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. So you open Google Chrome on your phone. You're hunting for a super rare first edition vinyl of a band you're obsessed with when you're supposed to be working. But the site you tapped on seems pretty shady. And Daryl from IT just jumped up from his desk. Oh no, he's coming your way. It's a good thing built-in malware protection keeps you safe and sound. Not from Daryl though, sorry. There's no place like Chrome. Download Google Chrome on your phone. Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I- I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, this is Will Arnett. I, we, are inviting you to follow us as we go on tour and we take our podcast, Smartless, on the road. Join us and watch any boundaries we previously had disappear. Like you've never seen us before, you'll see us on the road ordering lunch, roasting each other, and on stage as we surprise each other with a mystery celebrity guest in each city. Boy, that sounds amazing. Welcome to to Smartland. Don't miss our new series, Smartless on the Road, streaming May 23rd, only on Max. Subscription required. They were very concerned about getting the story of what happened inside the hotel, right? Right. As that like was, I detail, think, detail, yeah, detail. Yeah, like right. that's where all, because they did put a lot of research into this movie, but I think that's where most of their research was, was like, let's recreate this exactly how it happened and really get people to feel like they're there. So much so, uh, I mean, I don't know if you guys found this in your research, but during the talkback, they said, somebody asked the question like, uh, how much did you know about this movie before it started? And what's his, what's the kid who plays the main Oh, Al G. Smith. Al G. Smith. Yeah. yeah. Al G. Smith said nothing. Yeah. Like, and he's only 22 years yeah, old. He was like, born in 94. Yeah. They didn't, like, they, they didn't give him a script. When he was auditioning, he didn't know wow. the character that he was auditioning for. Mm. Uh, and then during the auditions, like, they would just do improv. And, like, the improv would be, like, him, like, being put against the wall and, like, 
you know, getting <sighs> roughed up and all that? this stuff. And then like that's what they did oh. when they were filming it. Like she like she kind of they met the acting. details. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right, like, like, did they right. not have a they didn't have an understanding of the the script as a whole? Yeah, they didn't. Like the idea was like so and then uh, to, to get them to be frightened and yeah, confused or whatever, right, like you know, really feel to try and tap like, into that to really not know what's going to happen next. You know, uh, that's a weird mm. balance to be like. We're going to research this. We're just going to try to depict things exactly as they were, but not tell actors what's going yeah, on. They said they don't know. They, right, like Boyega right. was like they didn't know where the cameras were when they were filming. That is a horror movie, dude. Well, and this I is, mean, that's what they yeah. were doing. Yes. But that they is what they were, were doing. Making a horror. I mean, yeah. I will Wait. say this: like that scene. Like the main scene of the movie is horrifying. Yeah. Yes, it, yeah. It, it's it, effective. It's a very effective in that I was like, I was like, yep. I don't know. Like, there is no right thing to do. Anybody who thinks, you know, oh, why didn't they do blah blah blah? Would that kind of logic would immediately leave your mind when seeing this movie because you say there is nothing you can do when somebody is this bent on making sure you're guilty. You're at you're literally right. your life is at their hands there's nothing you, you can think you can say the right thing you could say the right thing the wrong thing you could try to stand up for yourself and not stand up for yourself you know you can run away get shot or stay there and get shot you know what i mean cooperate yeah. and still get shot yeah. so I, you know what's just yeah. going through your head over and over is like this is unfair this is the worst yeah <laughs> it's like right. this is unfair like I right agree. Just sort of yeah, yeah. echoing My, around wait when wait, you're talking i just mm-hmm. want to you're talking was that before the movie came out uh it I'm was, just wondering, like, where their minds were, because I bet they, they felt gotten, different. Like, a, oh, it was definitely mask, before. Yeah. It was before it came out. Before the definitely reviews. before the wide release. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. I feel like it was like maybe like a day or two before like the limited release. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, sure. yeah. Uh, I because still got good reviews for the most eh, part. Uh, kind right. of, it's yeah. like eighty percent or something. Yeah, it is. Run Tomatoes is that's oh, a good I, way I to know, measure. I, I got you. But uh, all those reviews are like Bigelow ratchets up the tension again. Yeah. Right. Another but, uh, edge of your seat. James, like, you well, just wait. like hearing the thing that you were saying, Bray, about how like uh, wondering like why didn't they do blank? Uh, sure. A thing that kept coming up in my mind was like, why is no one talking about the toy gun that happened? Like I kept. That that yeah. that kept repeating in my mind, it. and then why none of them were talking about? Like, yeah, why, why they kept saying of, like there is no gun? There's no sure. gun. I know because I was like, I was like, you guys are that confident that like, you hid that gun? You saw yeah. it? How could you yeah. be that but, confident? But, and and uh, only two of them were in the room besides Jason Mitchell, right? That were up against the wall, right? Like there were only two other it people. Was, uh, well, it's the two the two white girls and the two members of the dramatics, okay. right? Yeah, well, yeah. no, were they were they in that room when he was shooting at them though? Yeah, I think they, they were. were. Everybody yeah, was, it was in when there. they were. They were all in the same room. Everybody when he was, was shooting in the room. at the police. Yeah, oh, well, see, I didn't even. Re- but but I'll say this: the movie also like it gets so chaotic during this section, which I know why she's doing it because she wants this sort of yeah. like you know uh, a fear based filmmaking. But it also got to a point where I was like, wait, did I miss Anthony Mackie getting introduced? I, I had yeah. no clue he was there today. Right. The cops dragged him. There's right. a point where he just like turns around. So, and I'm like, that's Anthony Mackie. When did I miss him talking? The geography of the hotel, I have no it's idea. What, I was yeah. like, what? Where? What? And because this, they yes. show like they show this hotel. Yes. They show like the main It has set like of an the, annex. Though, yeah. Right. Yeah. So it does. You don't I guess really it's get... like this annex. Like, yeah, but, they, but it doesn't feel like when they first were in that room, I yes. thought it was just a different apartment building. Yeah. I didn't realize it was the Thank you for bringing this up because this drove <laughs> felt far. crazy. Yeah. A, when they go from the hotel, they're talking outside the hotel by the pool, and then they go to this other house. 
I had no idea if they were like 20 minutes away, if they were no in clue. the backyard, if it was a different room, whatever it was. None. But also, once we get to the section of the movie, the centerpiece of the movie, which is like these people up against a wall, these cops, guns pointed, separating them, playing this intimidation game, right? Uh, you have no idea where any of the rooms are in relation to each other. Yeah. And the movie is playing this game of like, okay, he's up here, she's down here. He's there. Mm-hmm. This guy's there, and I couldn't figure out who was where was at like, all. What? And also, where I are did any not of the hotel? I'm gonna be honest. I guess my Go thing on, was sorry. like there was no hotel attendance, and there right. were, like right. I was like because no. they're in this annex, I think. But oh, then why? But that isn't even still part settled? of the hotel. Right. Uh, yeah. then why didn't oh, somebody right. from the hotel right. come over and go like, "What's happening?" Any like right, because Samira Wiley plays like a clerk who they talk to early on in the movie, who's at the desk, right? Yeah, yeah. And then there's like the pool. There's a pool a area which it. feels like the ho- the main part the main of the hotel. Part, right, right, right. Right. But then there's this like house. Yeah, and they're in a hallway house. and there's right. like four rooms off the hallway and there's stairs up and there's like more rooms off. But outside that. of the house, it looks but like I, they're just in a suburb. It looks like they're right, in the exactly. suburb. Right? I was yes. thinking that too. I was wondering like why nobody was coming from the hotel to check up on it. But then I was like, they they have sort of established that the riots, you, no, one goes out at, yeah. no one goes out after a certain right of time. but they were on the property like it was it'd be different if you like because there was a curfew in effect but if i worked at the the motel i'm literally just walking to the back of the motel like that's not right. like me yeah. being out and this is the real about. place i mean which i assume oh, they just yeah, oh, wow. it really it's does annex. look like a house oh, oh wow and right, yeah it's like a house that's off the motel but when they pull to the motel you get this visual uh, of something that really looks like a motel yeah, with a yeah neon more sign. like a classic right, so when they right, cut right, to the right. house and this like front lawn i just was like I don't yeah know the house the basically looks like the fucking amityville horror house or whatever it might as well be in like long island in the suburbs i guess my whole and my whole thing with this part too is like I I sincerely couldn't understand how those cops like got here. Yes. Because they they were yeah. they seemed when he was shooting it from the window, it was like there were trees in the way. Like when when we see the cops like ducking or the National Guard like yeah. ducking down, right. they have no idea where it's coming from. Then somebody says like it's the motel. But my thing is like, if did the cops know that this was house in the back? was a part of the motel? Dude. You know my, what I mean? Yeah. There's a good so question. There's so many I'm trying to remember. My, my anyway, biggest problem. Well, I, know I, know it's, I know it's nifty. Yeah. But. My biggest problem about the whole thing is that, again, and I will never let it go, is that you made a movie about victims, like terrorizers and victims. Sure. At what, at what point, I'm even going to include this in part. When did we get to know really anything about these black people besides the fact that they were like, there, so only Algie Smith's character. Yeah, kind yeah, of. Kind no, of. But I mean, kind you know, of. Kind I, of. I yeah. really like the moment that they give him to sing on stage by himself. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah I love re- that. I really yes. like that yeah. part. I thought that that was like a great, like, oh yeah, like he just has this dream that he is like not faulting. I think he's gonna like sure. go out and do well, it. And also, I look, think that seems good. I mean, the yeah. only problem I have with a lot of those scenes is you're just kind of sitting there with your fist balled up being like, what the fuck is going yeah. on? Right, I yeah, know like, what's gonna happen. So everything right. feels like a little bit of a tease for some future horror. It's a, it's a, yeah. This yeah. is, like everything that about seems him really was a horror movie. Sorry, and the thing, if you're gonna have, if you're gonna have him and then what's the, what's the kids from Slate, um, Slate uh, his best friend who dies? Jacob Lattimore? Yeah. Uh, like you got him in there, and it's like, okay, cool. Let's build this friendship up a little bit more. We see that Jacob Lattimore like always supports him, right? We see that they both like the girls. He's a little bit more shy. Mm-hmm. Let's like build. Let's like build the people. Show me the. Oh, yeah. Show me but the women. Show me like Jason were they prostitutes? Mitchell comes in with a toy gun. Like yeah. that's the thing. Like, like, were, it's like were they prostitutes? I still don't know what they were. Yeah. They were. Right? They, they were really. They, they were just like the girls who right. were like 
They like fucking like, black dudes. Yeah, but it's not like they weren't like working prostitutes, if that makes sense. Okay. They, they, they were kind of like, like, they were kind of like I just runaways. Wish I knew. Yeah. They definitely were runaways, yeah. but yeah. I Who maybe had been paid. But like, like, you know, know, sort of, like, I think we're it was more of a casual. These many things unanswered, even about like where the house is in relation to the hotel, <laughs> yeah. and who the people are, and all of that is just like. Yeah, I don't know. For a movie like this to work, you need to lay all the pieces out in the board very clearly. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you should have been making this movie, if you want this type of movie to function, you need to know where everyone is in relation to each other, who everyone is, what their backstories well, are. I think that's what they and feel. right, and that's the challenge Bull likes to set. Right, right, and he has set it, and it's whatever. But so, Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty are both about one character. Like he's using yeah, one yeah. character to guide you through this larger kind of thing that's going oh, well, on. Oh, right, we the got the that. one character in this one, and it's the same, just like the character from Zero Dark Thirty, same like the character from Hurt Locker. It's just a white one. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, let's be straight yeah. up. My man basically opens the movie. He has the longest scene. We see that he should have got fired. He didn't get fired. We see, like, we even see his he, mind switch while he's at the hot, the, I mean, the uh, motel yeah. of, like, he's playing everyone against each other. Well, the other one, the other, man. actually, the other conversation that we have with him that's kind of more a lot more layered is the one that he has when he's riding when they're patrolling before he shoots the guy right and they're just like look at them like like what the one dude who i think we're supposed to think is more racist by the end of the movie i don't uh-huh. know w- uh, which dude or the who who wasn't as racist he's the one who told who no who's partner. the guy who's his partner who like shot who he, wound up but, accidentally yeah, shooting. Yeah, th- th- that's the guy that's, who we're um, supposed to believe like, was super Jack racist. Rainer, but, right? Yeah, but he's yes. like not as racist because like... He's just you know, stupid. Yeah, he's just stupid. Right. What, but, the, the pitch on him is that he's a dumbass, like, I yeah. guess. Which is so, an easy out for the other two cops that they uh, eventually portray both of them as just being like, well, they're just dopes. Yeah. Well, well no, they, no, no, well, no, no, What's his no, name? No. Killed. Uh, I, I'm not saying they're just dopes, but He made like an accident. He's like, I thought I had to. He's like, I thought I had... Oh, you're talking about the skinny one. Which one are you talking about? There's the kind yeah, of like but, jittery one with the longer slick yeah, yeah, back yeah. hair, right? I'm trying to find he the was name in, um, of that actor because I, I don't he? remember what his he name was is. in. Uh, he is familiar. He's in um like one of the uh, um mummy movies. I think he's in like the third mummy movie. Really? The, awesome. the the one where Jack I me mean, Jet Li was in it. Oh, Jack, I didn't see yeah. that one. Uh, oh, he's in like Jack Reacher or something like that too. Well, no, Didn't they have a conversation? The, the blonde guy is the guy from Transformers Four. Right. That's Jack yeah, Reacher. Okay. That's, That's a stupid one. The other one who is. Maybe you know, kind of the one who's just like yeah. a brute. That's Ben O'Toole. That's who I'm talking about. Uh, is his name the brute one? Because yeah. I think at the beginning he hasn't he been says, in much. He says uh, something like he says something to the effect of like, "Look at them, they're animals." Well, blah. sure. Right. And then, um, uh, <laughs> what's my man's name from Maze Runner? Uh, Will Poulter. Yeah. Will Poulter, <laughs> who you know was originally supposed to play Pennywise. Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. He did this instead of it? Yeah. Yeah, he did this instead Ooh, of it. He was going to play another I can understand him. Evil. Because he was like, look, I want to play an unstoppable force of evil, but can I have a little backstory? <laughs> I mean, can <laughs> I have the movie give me more screen time to make me a little more... <laughs> I, mean, I mean, also, he was like, oh, man, it's Catherine Bigelow. I got to do it. Right. Like, he, everything... I mean, paper, to be fair, I mean, it's a logical decision on paper. He had like, to do I'll take the Catherine Anthony Bigelow Mackie, movie over. John Boyega was in it. He had to do it. Could you imagine if, like, it had this many scenes of Pennywise going into his office and the chief of the the clown service was like, look, Pennywise, you gotta stop eating these kids. I think funny you say that. I think you're being a little. No, I don't know. that scene is bad. It's funny you say it because technically, I don't think that scene that scene existed is not, in it, but they no. took it out because they said the focus shouldn't be on it. <laughs> the scene fucking existed when he goes back in time. Where you figure out how he becomes it when he's still a damn human. Doesn't matter. But they realize it's not about him. Pennywise is bad. Who cares? That. 
Wow. Right. It had more concern. Right. I just I just want to say I think you're being you're being not hard on that scene exactly, but like slightly yeah, pithy about that scene because that scene is definitely there to tell us why the character is angry as well. But also, okay, so I'm that not the saying, whole, sure. I think it's a little bit of an easy causality or whatever, but I don't think it's a scene where the cop's like, geez, you know, you're really uh, What I don't like about that scene there. is mostly the way it depicts the chief, where I think it's kind of a like, well, not all white people. I, we were I, about I, to say yeah, three yeah. very this, racist cops, my, but this guy, he likes it. I think I, that's the problem with the movie, where it's like, no matter what, if you portray a character right, that, then it immediately, like well, I right. say, feels like equivocation, for me, for even me. if you're trying to be accurate or whatever Especially the, hell the it's dug, so, hole you've dug right, for yourself. Right. For me... If people, if if there was no commentary by any of the characters, sure. then then that scene doesn't bother me because I recognize watching it and hope other people do. Like, wow, the, this cop know this chief knows that his you know officer patrol officer maybe killed a person in cold sure. blood and then let him back off in the street. Yeah, that dude, that dude's messed up. Also, all the national guard. All of the other cops, like everybody who was there at the place, because there were so many people there, law enforcement there, and they all just were like, I don't know, just let them handle it. We're just going to be. And it, 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 you know, indicts all of them. Like you're all guilty. So much so that John Boyega becomes a part of the problem, too. We have to talk about him. We have to talk about him. Okay. We have to talk about him. But before we do, like that, that should be there. But then we do get scenes like the ones that happen after the incident where we have this like really tough almost army general looking you know person like bring will Poulter in and then like or no sorry bring the other two in and yeah. like chew them out for being racist like he's like get it you know what i mean and yeah, we're yes, supposed to right. think that is this yep. is a good you know what i mean so it's like we have those things but we don't have the scene where people are getting chewed out for their complacency, for their sure, you know yeah, what I right. mean. But that, it, but, it becomes so much about these three supervillains, and it's mm-hmm. two guys who are like dumb. They're like racist a, because they're dumb, and one guy who's like a Machiavellian supervillain genius yeah. who knows how to like. He's not a genius, and, and well, I have no, a there's nothing so, genius about him. I have a problem with I mean, even that not. character in the though. Context of the movie, because no, I don't. Who the main so. dude? The main racist? No, no, the 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 chief that like chews them out at the end because yeah. he he goes he. He goes, get in here, you knuckleheads. <laughs> People have died. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. People yeah. have, di- and he, but and he they're calls treating them it like a knuckleheads. Yeah. And so, I, so I didn't even see that as like, I looked at, I, I, I literally looked at every white person in this movie as a villain. I and I, and except I except for that one scene. And except for that one, when where the they show that cop come say, and be like, who would and, do this? Yeah, who yeah. would do this? Oh, and he right. like gently like picks him up and like brings him to the police. But and I was see, like, exactly. Why did you put and this film? Why did you put this scene in the movie? It's like at all. It's like what is that? Well, scene? Well, see, no, I can tell you what. Uh, to me, I know why. To, no, no, no. I mean, aside from the white savior part, but I think that scene to me personally shows that like the guy, the main black dude, was terrified of him because again, we don't know this dude is good. Right. I, I, like, I'm right. There's a yeah. way you can it's do like, that yeah, scene and you where it's done it better. Sure, sure, but I sure. think the one thing this movie should have harped on because they're trying to say it because it's from, you know, this is what's happening now. I think one of the things that gets lost in translation a lot of time is that when people, when African-Americans say there's a problem with police, people are like, oh, no, nah, man, you can't just shit on all police. And every time we always say the same thing. It's not all police, but we just don't know who's good and who's bad. Like, we just it's don't. Incre- so if you would have had in this movie, if you would even have I would allow a fake character in this movie. I would allow well, the cops a, are fake. No, but it's, it's crucial like, to mention these cops are not real. They're not real cops. Oh, yeah. really? they have different names. I don't know why, but they do. Well, see, this is my thing about it. 
that fucking bothers me. And, yeah. uh, so you're, there so, may so, be legal reasons for it. I okay. have no idea why. Like, like, I, I don't know. Okay. But My thing is this. If, okay, go on, we go got on, movies go. about fucking OJ. He went to trial. People making fucking movies about him. But I can't put the three white dudes who got I, off. Okay, anyway, let me get back to this point. Like, the fact is, like, if you're going to add a That's fake true. character. No, yeah, it makes I, no fucking sense. I, I, we can butcher. I, we can I, have fucking OJ no, all right, over right. the place. I wish I had the reason for you, and I oh, don't. I know exactly what the reason is. They deserve respect. They deserve to, like, be left alone. I mean, in the white woman. They're who, old men now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let them live I in mean, their yeah. house. I mean, yeah. the white woman who literally got uh, Emmett Till killed. Lily, we didn't see her until she was on her fucking deathbed. And she's like, oh, yeah, maybe I was wrong. But we still don't say her name in the streets. Anyway, back to the point at hand. Because that's some fucking bullshit. Like, if you're going to add a fake character to this movie then you put a cop who is like put a cop who's like not down with this and is trying to like you know what I'm saying show me like there's a fucking level of like but good and bad who's probably would freak out about that too I'm freaking right? out for the whole goddamn well, movie yeah, you're <laughs> but don't you think a more interesting version of this movie would have been a movie that was putting blame on sort of quiet complacency yes. in that kind of sure. way. like a banality of evil. Putting or a good, well-intentioned yeah, sure. cop who still doesn't stop anything. Or maybe, or maybe some what, or maybe some people, if, if you're going to do the trial thing, like show some of the white people who are like, good, like those, that good man got off. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like right. show like, right. Show what it was like. Of just the horrors of the injustice. Everything you guys are saying, like, I can I can just see someone writing being no because that's true. Mm, People would have complained because no it's like what. if you're trying to yeah. put something somewhere, yeah, you're already in trouble, right? Like, right. You know, and so that's why I understand why they were like, well, the Algiers Motel incident is such an extreme example. True, that this is maybe why we should focus. Right, I can see how he gets himself here. Yeah, where he's like, right, this is like no one could. It's a microcosm. It's like a muzzle in the face. It's right. like. The, most unambiguous thing, but then there's still ambiguity. One, mm-hmm. so that's a problem. And then two, I think everyone just walks out of that movie being like, "Yeah, I'm supposed to disagree." Like, is there supposed to be anything the pro- interesting the about who, it's the argument these, that that was bad? It's one of these movies, and there's a movie I hate. What's the uh, movie you hate? Uh, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bring up the help right now. I'm not gonna bring up the help right now. Bring up the help. I'm not gonna bring up the help. Okay. I'm gonna bring up. Uh, man, I almost blocked it out of my mind because I hate it so much. Hit Blazing Saddles. Okay. Um, I was hoping that was the one you weren't gonna bring. So hear me out. Hear me out. And the reason I'm bringing it up because <laughs> okay. because Mel Brooks just brought up. Oh, you can't oh, make this no. movie again. Sure. Hear me out. Hear me out. I'm, right. not, I'm not gonna crap on it. I promise I'm not gonna crap on it. I'm gonna just say this movie, Detroit, suffers the same problem that Blazing Saddles does. Is that Blazing Saddles is trying to tell a story about something that, in all honesty, they don't know about. Like, uh-huh. I think the intentions from Mel Brooks and Catherine Brigolo are very righteous. I love that they attempted to do it. But the problem with that movie is, is that you're, you're basically saying, look at these bad white people. I'm not like these white people. You shouldn't want to be like these white people. And what it allows is, is that people who aren't inherently or don't view themselves as racist to go, oh, I mean, I ain't got that many black friends, but I know I ain't like this. You know, it, it, it alleviates and makes people right. almost like pat themselves on the back, but I'm not this bad. And that's the problem I have with both of those movies where it just does more damage than good. I think what she's trying to get, though, is like, this isn't any different from now. But I think the problem is yeah. when you watch it, you're like, but it's so specific. Yeah. Like, so well, I can't get there. Yeah. I, I don't know. I like I was I did feel like the message of this movie was like white people are ruining things. Right. <laughs> right. Because like even at the end of the end of the movie, my, my man, Algie is like, I will never sing again. And that was all he ever wanted to do. Right. Like, I can't even sing the music that I love. Because yeah. white people are dancing to it, that sure. felt that felt like another right. thing, and I felt like there were enough white people going, uh, uh, "Save them!" Uh, all right, no, let's go, let's let's go. Too much paperwork or whatever. <laughs> right. That Knuckle like heads. that did feel like a message of this movie, as much as like it's a horror movie for most of it. It felt like that was what they were trying to say to me. 
At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked off the vine, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've completely overhauled our process to shorten the time from harvest to home for our tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. Because we know how much you love fresh produce, we give you more time to enjoy your tasty fruits and veggies at home. So whether you're shopping in-store, picking up, or prefer delivery, we're committed to bringing you the freshest produce possible. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, this is Tim Heidecker, and I'm glad to be back in Glendale, California, in the studio with my good friends DJ Doug Pound and Vic Berger for another episode of our podcast, Office Hours Live. This week, we had a very special guest, his golden messenger, who played a beautiful tune for us. We laughed, we had fun, and you should tune in to Office Hours Live this week, and quite frankly, every week on your podcast app of choice or at youtube.com slash office hours live. So, so here are these two things I want to get. We got to talk about John Boyega. Yeah, yeah I was oh, going to no, say. Yeah, oh, yeah, what yeah. do you want to say, Griffin? Yeah, and then yeah. we'll talk about John Boyega. Uh, <laughs> for me, the difference between this and Blazing Saddles, aside from all the other differences between Detroit and Blazing Saddles, I mean, Saddles, they're the same movie. Practically. Right, right. This is an unofficial remake. Right, <laughs> right. This no, is right, sort right. of the thirteen going on thirty to Blazing Saddles big. Um, <laughs> but, but I think. Um, Blazing Saddles depicts different levels of racism, and obviously it's mm-hmm. in a different context, but I like that that movie has casual racism in it. It has the people who are like, I'm not racist, but please don't mention this to anybody, and it has your like mustache twirling like super evil guys. And in this movie, I think there's just kind of like, every white character who's central is like such a horrific villain, right? Yeah. And then you have a lot of people who are like, Small parts who are just kind of like, well, I don't know. Let's not sure, talk about it. They're not doing it. much about it. Maybe they're a little more like. Right. Hey, I, I think the more effective version that? of this movie, and once again, she shouldn't have made this movie, but the more effective <laughs> version of this movie would have been a movie that pointed more fingers at that quiet complacency. Mm-hmm. I also think that there's this thing that this movie represents, which is like when you make movies about any sort of prejudice or discrimination but you make them period pieces at a distance far enough from where you are today, it sort of alleviates a certain sense of like present day cultural guilt because it's Mm -hmm. like, well, thank God Mm -hmm. that happened 50 years ago, but now we're woke. I do, as I already said, the movie's trying to be like, it's not different. But I think inherently that's a flawed concept. Like I think the second you said it that far back, it does create that remove. Which yeah. the question is, should she have made this movie it, present it, day? It's because, and the reason that it fails at that yeah. is because anyone who can see that the stuff that's happening in this film is happening today already knows that. Yeah. Right. Right. There's, this movie's not changing one person's mind. Yeah. Uh, there's nobody going into this movie who is like, yo, first of all, nobody went to see this movie. <laughs> right. But <laughs> second of all, <laughs> people, I mean, nobody went to see this. Not as many people want it. As they wanted, but people went to see this yeah, movie. Some it made yeah. some money. It made it, some money. For, yeah. I think it was like forty percent of the audience was black. And, could, yeah, I and uh, and the, the thing is, though, my thing is like, for people to make, for people to really make that connection, what you need to do is take the exact language that people are using politically today and put those in the mouths of the people here you in this period. Literal. It has to be exactly right. like people have to recognize like. It's this is all about law and order. Like they have to hear the all the phrases that are still being used today in the mouths of these other people. And like what, what I'm saying is like for the especially for the complacency thing, you need to have 
uh, white people who ha- who were not connected to this event commenting on the event after it happens, after the audience has seen what's happened, right? Mm-hmm. And then see like a trial period where like people are talking about it and going and going, well, why didn't they just uh, listen to the cops? And well, maybe if they weren't doing this and maybe if they weren't rioting or maybe if they, you know, respected the flag, you know what I mean? Like, I, I want to see this movie. The right. The thing I want to see <laughs> is white people in this movie, a scene of white people in this movie going like, well, you know, we don't know what happened in that room. We don't know. Yeah, sure. That's, that's what you need. Insidious right. sort yeah, of. The thing. more insidious. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But what do you guys think about John, John Boyega? Boyega? Okay. So Boyega is really fascinating to me because aside from the fact, I think he's really fucking good in this movie. Given very little to do. Every time they give him a moment, he kills it. Mm. I also think he's the pathway to the most interesting thing this movie had to say. Which is, he is a guy who is trying to be moderate in this entire situation. Follow the rules. And he learns conclusively that there is a time where moderation has to be put aside. I guess so. You know? Is that what what do you you guys think? Oh, my thing thing is that he, it's like his character is supposed to be uh, the black person who follows all the rules. Right. 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 And still gets fucked. And still gets screwed so that people can, can, so that people can say, go oh man even when they do follow all the rules they still get messed up but again one i don't think anyone who wasn't already thinking that way is making this connection from the movie the other problem is like i i I mean john Vega was like a great actor and and he did you know a good job in this movie but we don't know anything about this dude's character you don't get any background at all what do you guys think what what do you guys think man (laughs) <laughs> I, I I find difficult I find difficulty with it because I I'm gonna say this before I get into this next statement because this will fuck me at one point in life I know it when I say this uh, I do believe like black people are like black actors are black actors I do like I don't care where you're from you're a black actor um, but this story and I feel like this happens kind of a lot to African American men stories that are inherently something that we in America have to deal with we're not put in a position to be the stars and be in that spot. And I do think if it would have been like an American black dude in this, because again, John Boyega, he has nothing to do in this movie. He doesn't. Yes. But there's also like a, bruh, in this day and age, like if I'm around a cop right now, right? My body is different. I, I, I look at them different. Even if I trust you, I still, I still have a guard up. And he didn't have that. Let me tell you why, because I don't think Aside from here in America, like we haven't been in a place where like the, the hatred is so steep that it still exists right now. Mm-hmm. And I think it should have been someone American, which sucks to say, but I do a little bit. And I also think that I would have loved to see a scene outside of the one we first see him with another black person in that hotel. Just look. I wanted to see them make eye contact and have a moment because at any time I'm in a room and a bunch of white people, if I see any brown person, I'm looking at you and I'm giving you a nod to let you know that we are safe. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's just period. Yeah, and I and to talk, and just to t- talk about that, like I felt like so much was even so much was happening at that moment when he first shows up. That there's there's no time there's no time for the sure. for the for the nod or for anything. Like I like I I struggled with well, with J- John Boyega in this for the, for the same reasons you were saying, but also just because of like how his his character is rendered. Like we don't we don't really know who he is or like, or, or what he's doing until after he gets like handed the bag of shit. At, well, you right. Know, right. I think she, right. she wants him there for that scene where he's in 
the interrogation room, which is the one scene I think he does really which well. Which I as think an actor. is a, a, yeah. a very well acted scene, sure, where he yeah. like it dawns on him, like, oh, I see, but then right. I, 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 str- I struggle with it because yeah. not knowing, like, not knowing the details of the night, but then to hear on top of everything that the details of the night are shaky and just are like people don't, we don't have an accurate account of everything that happened, like the timeline of when he shows up. I'm now I'm questioning that. And then, and like every, he's, he's there for so long and does nothing like, like which, which like it's a tricky to me. It's a tricky char- character. It's, su- this is probably the hardest character for Catherine Bigelow to direct in a white screen. What's full, whatever to write, because in reality, I mean, it's said in the film, right? Like a lot of black people probably would have looked at this guy like an Uncle Tom. Yeah. Like, oh, you're just capitulating to white people to save yourself. But I think Catherine Bigelow doesn't want that wants us to relate to this character. One, because it's John Boyega, he's sure. the biggest star in the film. Yep. But also because, you know, she doesn't want to paint another black person in a bad light. So we see like but, So he has this air of like he's He's there to help. He just doesn't know what to do. He's noble. You know, he's noble, blah, blah, blah. But in reality, uh, I'm sitting there like, mo- the, what I was thinking was like, my man, if you're not going to help, you need to leave. Yeah. What are you doing here? Yeah, you're not was, helping yeah, anybody. Yeah, the- he and he was there for so long. He was there the whole time, though. And the thing, he yeah. is a fascinating part of this case because you mentioned the tribunal uh, yeah. that the, um, uh, the, the Citizens Action Committee held. Like, they convicted him. Right. Mm-hmm. Along with the three white cops, they sentenced him to death, which mm-hmm. is something that was, there was like the sentence they passed down. Mm-hmm. And he was there. He was the only one who attended. He didn't yeah. say he attended. Like, he wasn't, like, yeah. testifying. And, like, like you say, they could have centered the whole film around this. Also, like, you know, like, that, that, that's, that's a dynamic that I'm sure I, she's fascinated it's a, by. It's a problem I have with the big scene. I think his big scene, again. The big, they is, mean the interrogation. The interrogation. Sure, sure. The interrogation. And, again, it, I, I am not... I feel like this is the whole thing of like, oh man, people keep crapping on like British black actors. They still black. You are. You are still black. And maybe it wasn't him. Maybe it's how he was directed. But if I, a black person, if I witness a crime and there's no other black people around me, I know in my heart that this now will be a problem for me. Period. If you right. show up to my job, so you, you're, if, you don't if, buy that he doesn't get no that until then. Way. Sure. If somebody yeah. walked okay. in here well, right now and said, hey, Dry, you need to come with me. I instantly know sure. something is up. I'm not coming in that thing and being I, but, like wait, really but, complacent. But, but you're say, pinning that on his Britishness. No, I, the thing is, I'm, and this is what I'm saying. Because I'm saying, I want to, I mean, well, as a Brit, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I think it's one of two things. It's like either that or it's how he was directed. But the Maybe, thing is, but, there is a loss in. I think it's probably both. It might have been, but there's a misconnection in how American black people are treated. I was going to say, the, the thing, my, the reason that I don't buy that at the end is because of how he played the character in the beginning. Because my thing is, I would much rather have seen. You know, when he comes over with the coffee to the cops, yeah, or yeah, the, National sure, Guard, the National Guard, yeah, and yeah. he's like, and and we're supposed we're watching it. The way that it's depicted is like he is doing what he can to make sure that the stores don't get. He's got his up. job. He's gardening. You know, store. he's gonna be like, right, he's right. gonna make sure that he doesn't get shot. This is also whatever. what I find interesting but, about the character. He's the one guy who willingly puts himself into the situation. It feels, sure. it feels brave and noble when he does it, mm-hmm. instead of what it could have been, which was. Is this dude? He could have been cowering. We didn't have to see him save another black person. He could have just been like, "I'm glad that wasn't me." You know what I mean? Like uh, oh. that's I would have believed that a lot more. Show, show me what it's like to and live. then him go and then him have because that would be that would be an actual arc, right? It's like the arc isn't just happening. 
Because right now it's just, it's just at the end, he just goes, oh, I did everything right. And now I'm screwed. Instead of, oh my God, I thought if I, if I degraded myself and lowered myself and lowered my pride and like, yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And all this stuff, all the things that they want me to do is just be subservient. I'm going to be subservient this entire time. And then I, and then I'm still on the app. You know what I mean? Then it could have been like, it could have been like, whoa. That's what I find interesting. It's just like, he was a really noble guy. And then the white people screwed him. And he was so brave the whole time. And then he still gets screwed. And I'm like, but was he brave the whole time? I would love a movie where he was actually the main character. They didn't try to present him as the hero. And you actually got a sense of his psychology, especially during the Algiers Motel when he kind of just fades into the background yeah. for a long period of time. You don't understand yeah. why he's not acting. Show because me I the think he's case. the figure who ends up representing most of what's interesting about this mm-hmm. because he was trying to find a balance, because he was someone who was trying to build a bridge, because he wasn't someone who was stuck in this room and wasn't someone who was forced to respond. He throws himself into that situation, but you don't really understand why. Mm-hmm. You don't understand why he doesn't do more. And of course, it gets pinned on him at the end. But at that point, he's not really a character. You haven't really spent any real time with him and his at mind, no his emotions. So it doesn't really mean anything. And when it got to that scene, I was like, fuck, why isn't the movie about him? The thing is, it would have been so much better if this movie started with him, I don't know, either on give, like giving, giving his uh, statement like on trial or if he's an old man. And he's like recounting everything that had to happen. Show me like who he was before oh, that night. Ryan. Yeah, yeah, give me yeah. something. Show me like how he got to this point and like how screwed it was. And then also, again, like how the black community treated him. Sure. I mean, he right. got right. death right. threats after this. Yeah, he it, did. It should he be a biopic like, yeah, yeah, about this one guy. I think the yeah. problem is this guy's not selling you his life rights. Sure. He doesn't want a movie made about him. And he's it, his yeah. role is so murky. I like a lot of people's role. Like, you know, because no one. Yeah, no one knows. You know, the testimony is, is like little bits and pieces and like you try and put it all together Maybe figure don't make the movie yeah. Yeah. Don't all right i mean they made the movie i'm not saying this to you yeah. david i'm saying this to Catherine. Bell. right I don't know, but yeah. to me yeah to me the scene that really messes it up is that we see the first time we see him really is him doing a heroic act so we're set right, up right. to believe this dude is a hero mm-hmm. and a hero who fails but supposed to be a hero anyway he goes to the house because he wants to make sure that the white people don't kill the black people, and that but it happens. Right. But he's there. But he's, uh, he's ostensibly pow- there. But he is powerless, right? He's powerless. He is, you know, yeah, totally. He's powerless. But what what I'm saying is, if he's really, if he's just, a, I just wish the movie like made it in made an interpretation of why he's doing this because right. mm-hmm. he because the fact of the matter is all the black people in here were powerless. So like. The one person who could have a little bit of agency, you also just made power. Like he had no agency in the whole film, which maybe that's how it happened in real life. But part of me is like, they, the white people didn't ask him to come. But yes. you know what I mean? But, I so mean, like, like what, what you were saying about Will Poulter being the main character, though. I mean, like this is kind of a movie about the, everyone's robbed of their agency, and so yeah. right, it's hard to know like how who am I attaching myself to here? Right? Because yeah. even yeah. his agency is oh innately he's very very racist. Yeah. Which I'm not saying I want Will some Poulter. origin scene where he falls into a vat of toxic racism. But, you know, it's just Would've like the good. movie just yeah. presents yeah. him as being his, like, his, this guy just is fucking uh, racist. The, the racism power plant exploded in the and the fumes yeah. spread right. over the city. Right. Like he was bit. too good because he yeah. didn't want to kill anybody. He was like, right. no, we're like, playing a game. It's a game. His, his dummy. His racism. Right. I mean, I don't, I mean, the movie's not saying that's like, that the other guy's worse. It's just saying yeah. the other guy's a no, fucking idiot. No, but what I'm saying is, but no, the problem to me is that the movie and him saying, how could you do that is just a 
game. Sure. Almost wipe the hands of some of the fucked up shit that the main racist guy did. Because it's like, it's what he's saying. It's like, because to me, what he's saying is, I just didn't feel that. Hit me out. Hit me out. Because to me, what it's going to be felt like is like, oh, I am bad. But not, I am not so bad and so racist that I'm just in here just killing but black people. But that's what he nearly. thinks. Right. Like, right. That's, 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 yeah. that's what I'm yeah. saying. I saw it as like he thought that he wasn't doing right. wrong. He's but that equivocating. Didn't, but that didn't but, but, but he killed what he was doing. What I'm saying is, but that level of me getting to understand he thinks that way, I now know more about his psyche sure, right, than right. anyone else's psyche in the whole movie. And yeah. that's a problem. Because well, everyone right. else's psyche is yeah. they're really frightened because yeah, they're it. being lined up against that's the wall. Like, sure. right. I mean, especially yeah. at the... Dude, the fact that... It, I, I literally... <laughs> there were so many questions I wanted to ask that I didn't because I, there was no way I was going to. But the, one of the questions I wanted to ask was like, Anthony, uh, you've been in... You were in the Herlock? You've been in... <laughs> the event, like, <laughs> you've been in like... Three Marvel movies. Why, sure. yeah. Why are you here? Yeah. You're, you're like you're, you've been in the Hurt Locker. Yeah. What? Your role is nothing in this movie. Nothing. Why are you in this movie? Uh, what, he, how did you say yes? It to has to be it, their existing relationship, of right? Of course. Yeah. Like, like, I have this role. He's a veteran, so I need someone yeah. who's got like presence and. Like, so why did she get? Like, yeah. I would feel. I would be like if she. Yeah. I would be like Catherine. I, when, I, I know we're tight, but. Yeah. <laughs> Well, when she announced the cast, also, but, and then when say, the and then when the and then when like the ad roll out and like all of the press happened, a lot of my Mackie. man, I did not know Anthony Mackie was in this movie until he showed up on screen. Oh, yeah. Really? So, no, no, I didn't know that. It was that one poster, the four heads. One poster where he's one I, of the four. Uh, where it's um, I never saw that Boyega, Mackie, um, uh, Algie Smith, Hannah and Murray. Will Poulter. Okay, okay, yeah. but the trailer that I saw, the trailer that I saw, and like anything that I w- knew going into this movie was that John Boyega was in it, Will Poulter was in it, and I and it was like. You know this hold up at the uh, mm. a hotel, but also I thought I thought it was a, a lot about the Detroit riots more so than it was. I thought it was about the Detroit riots. But, <laughs> but I just feel like Anthony Mackie was it. I mean, maybe he was on that poster, but this I poster feel, is what the one I'm talking about. Yeah, it's like one his. Oh head wow. Is, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. but if oh, wow. you're saying that they, but that's not the main poster that they. Well, the use. other poster is that like, sort of detached yeah. one here. That's the one I saw. But if but Bray, if you said before that they like didn't have that that one. Yeah. They didn't have like the full. They didn't know the full. They didn't know. You're right. They didn't he know. Might have not. Like, like he might I, not have known. Like I would say yes to that. That that is a relationship thing. It's like, oh yeah, oh it's Catherine. Okay, all right. Uh, great. Like, oh, it's, it's about. Is it has a message? Okay, all right. They thought it was you know an Oscar I mean? movie. Like all of that together, I would be like, I would say yes to that. Literally no character. So what, here's, no one <laughs> yeah. Here's a question that I have no answer to. Okay. Uh, this is my question for you guys, right? Yeah. I'm putting aside whether or not she should have made the movie and just looking at her intentions of what she wanted to try to get across, trying to say, like, this is what's going on now. Place you in the situation. Make you understand the terror, the powerlessness, mm-hmm. you know, that distrust of authority, all that sort of stuff. Do you think this movie would have been more effective had she created a story out of whole cloth or taken a less publicized but more recent incident, sure. like I made a contemporary film, right? Made a contemporary oh, yeah. film and yeah. just said, "I'm, I mean, the second I'm making one a is movie. is a is a bit of a that's a tough thing. It's to a do, tough thing. I don't know fictional. if there's a story that, yeah. but I, but I wonder if the better thing to do is make a movie that's just about this type of situation, yeah, and all these things that we keep on getting to. Where, well, I guess the character can't do that because we don't know what they did in real life, or I guess the character has to do this because that's what they did in real life. But we still have these big lingering questions of why, which the movie's never able to answer. Yeah. Just make a movie that is just like this fucking horrifying like uh, I'll say, standoff, you know? Yeah, I'll say this that it if the sole intention was to uh 
make the audience feel like they were reliving themselves an experience of police brutality. I felt that for sure. Right. That being said, if that's the only thing you're going to do, because that that's really the for me the only thing that was done effectively. It is most of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, for me, it was like everything else wasn't done effectively. What do you get to the court case? The problem is that so, it's not all the movie. But it, the problem, but I think it's, it's, it's summed up yeah. by John Krasinski just walking in. Uh, John Krasinski. Oh my with, God. With, we haven't with, talked with about John Krasinski. Show, with half man. an hour to go where you're like, oh shit, John Krasinski is just showing up. That means he's going to have like a whole role. Right, they're not giving We're him not two done. lines. We're going to have a bunch like, of courtrooms. It's right. shattering everybody. Right. Oh, and and, and, and I, guess, I guess the reason that she added that was for people to to, she wants it P- to be she, like they got she, off, right? Yeah, she you know, wants she people wants to feel the injustice, injustice so that they feel yes. the injustice today. But my thing is, if that's the real goal, if the real goal is to change the hearts and minds of people who are not already advocating for this stuff, then you have to do it in a much more deliberate and obvious way than it was done in this film. Because for me, like you were saying, because and like you're saying, because it's a period film, I don't think people who don't understand what's happening today are taking this incident and going, I think th- I can just hear watch them. it and go, yeah, I can that hear sure them was right bad. Now. That I can was hear them right now saying, did you see the Eric Gardner video? It has nothing to do like that. Eric Gardner was resisting. Did you see the other video? Like, uh, did you see the video yeah, of Flannel Castell? Those people were resisting. Oh, yes, the, the boy in Ohio, like, that was tragic, but what can you do? He had a toy gun. They ran up, like, they came on him. They saw the gun. They shot him. What do you want to, what do you want them to do? It happened in a split second. It's totally different. And all the They'll things say today, it's totally different. And, and, and right. the reality is, it and is it true. Is totally it different. is different. Because, right. it is totally because different. The, stuff that ha- the stuff that happens today, usually, at least, at least the, the high-profile incidents that we have videos of, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Those incidents are usually because, like, these cops are making these split-second decisions right. because they're so fearful of their for their own life without even thinking about the life of the person that they right. And they've been arrested. empowered in such an intense way. In, in such way. a way that, that it's, like, it's like, hey, if you make a mistake, it's cool. We all got your back because we know you were just trying to do your best. Whereas these characters, these cops, we see in the beginning them run a black man down shoot him in the back so we know that they don't have the best intentions at heart so when they see this when they see this incident they're like yeah but these cops are different because they weren't fearful of their life they were just terrorizing them because they were on a power trip the national guard knew it that's why they left right you know what i mean it's like it's such a completely different thing that you're what you're the main thing she was trying to do i'm like it doesn't work with this movie at all like it doesn't work with this incident but it's and it also doesn't work because she but this is a dramatization of what happened like they had control they could have they could have made different decisions like the the fact that this begins with like basically everything happens because jason mistral he says these words they'll never know who's doing this so when they go in and there are five people in there, yeah it, yeah, it could be any one of them, right? Like, and then they terrorize them and it's a horror movie, but right, right. it could be any one of them to them. Mm-hmm. So like, that, yeah, like there's the grain of, of like probably weirdly gives him justification. Yes, because he, and he shoots so many times right. that like, right. yeah, somebody in that house did that. Somebody in that hotel D- did that thing which gets right? back to my yeah. hellraiser analogy it's like well you called out yeah. pinhead what do you expect yeah. john's gotta yeah. go let's say bye to john <laughs> yeah. i gotta go see you man right. Dra- go
go off, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, Before you leave, it, this movie gets nothing, right? Yeah, well, you get like, oh, yeah, we had to give it. We oh, had to in get terms of the. Uh, yeah, this is a crossover. No, episode. I still would give it away, Pond. Yeah, yeah. Would, I would give Chris it Chalk's in it. Amari Cheatham's in it. It still gave. I mean, it gave some sense of like getting people man. It put my man on the map. He's going to get some roles off of this. Yeah, sure. I don't like the movie, but I would still give it away, Pond. I give it The. What was the last thing? Oh, I mean, Krasinski. Anyway, <laughs> that haircut. No, nah, I don't know. Oh, I will say this. Back. I'll say this. I, when after I watched this movie, I was like, I am interested why she chose this. But I guess it was because of this p- police brutality thing. But and I think there are also- so many horrible things that are on a much larger scale that like <laughs> white people have done to black people in this country. That I'm just like, it's so interesting. The ones that like people pick out. Sure. you know what I mean because it's also black people who don't get to pick it so yeah. I'm just, uh, I guess what I'm saying like, it's really interesting to be like the ones that like white filmmakers attach themselves to that I'm just like oh that one I'm like I have a bunch of stories by the you know there was a whole town in Oklahoma that oh, was don't a bring black striving Street. black town that just raped, yo like, someone should do a movie on people black just Wall destroyed Street. that entire town alright anyway that's all I got to say. Bye. <laughs> hey, yo. Thank you, we, so much. All right. This is my Bye, John. I, I, I theorized that this movie, I think that you could make this movie into a good movie. I think this was, in theory, um, a movie that she should have done. I think one simple change would have made this movie better. What's it's your like change? not have the racist white dude be the lead. I like, because to me, it's like, again, I'm... Have them be more anonymous, more like ha, these like, like just, people yeah. just come you just, in you just and you don't have no see idea who these you people are. You just want are, them right. to be like boogeymen. Yeah. You want them to just That's be it. like... That right. is it. Because Poulter looks like a boogeyman. Yeah, but, it, yes. <laughs> He's a but it's so tricky because I feel like, you know, my family's from the South and I bring this up a lot where it's like, you know, if you watch the news and this goes for both like CNN, MSNBC, like Fox, all these networks, they make it seem like there's such a crazy divide. And most of the time it's because you don't realize that a lot of time in these small towns, people don't interact with one another. Right. So like we don't get to see like when I go visit my family, like there's black, they're white, but like they're together. So like they, they like those groups don't like people in New York or California because they're taking all the jobs and money. So like people don't know that they actually are united. Like black and white people, we we get it, like we get the shit together. Like we're we're in it together. You talked about that in your beast of southern yeah, world yeah, episode, like which all, was like really we're all the yeah, same thing. Right, right. So to me, if you need, if you feel the need to help people understand why these atrocities are happening to African Americans, paint them as <laughs> this sounds so dumb, but make us seem because we are as humanistic as possible. Sure. Show us what our family. Show them in love. Show that guy who eventually dies. Like show him really like have a moment with that white girl. Like show him like we. We have these loving moments. We are real people said when atrocities do happen to us, it has more weight to it. We're not just victims. You can feel sorry. You can feel like, oh my God, I would never want this to happen again. I wouldn't know to look out for it. I won't be able to sit there and say, oh, I'm not like that. Sure. You like, know? I, my thought I had watching it was I felt like Boyega was the character that was sort of would have been the smartest one to pin like the real kind of mm-hmm. narrative story on, right? And make it from his perspective. I think you shouldn't know anything about the fucking cops. I agree. I think they should just be, you know, like forces of evil. But I also, I I had this thought at one point because I was just playing this game of like, okay, how would I fix this? Would this work? Would this work? What are the ways to refocus or restructure this movie? And this one thought I had was if you started the movie with the police walking through the door, right? Here they are at the Algiers Motel. Uh Here we have a group of people lined up against a wall. Here we have a group of people with guns. And you just do this Catherine Bigelow, like edgier C, white knuckle fucking terror thing. But the movie is no context prior to that. The story ends when they leave that room, but you flash out of that to each to of their them. lives. Exactly. Show me well, their lives. Yeah. Right. Right? Right. 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 And you just yes. go like, here's a story that's going yes. to be reduced to a bunch <laughs> of victims and a, bun- a bunch of perpetrators. But let's flash out of this to give you senses of just their everyday fucking 
How'd it get here? Because the movie doesn't do that at all. No, it doesn't. No, they do. No, it doesn't not do that at all. It does that for some. I think they do with the Algie Smith character, but it's such a big swing of a narrative of like this is what made him give up music. Right. Sure. Sure. We didn't even know he was like one specific prison, which is just his whole article. You can read it about how he knows. You know, he met that guy, and that was what connected him to the story. Yeah, you can find it on. I think it was on the magazine or whatever. One quick thing about that character is that yeah, they show him as like. I don't even think they make him honorable until the end of this movie. Because when you first see him, his friend seems like the honorable one because right. he's, he's like, Dude, I got I right. to get bread. I have to get yeah. bread. Right? Then all of a sudden, the riot is happening. They need to get out. He has his moment of song and dance, which is great, which is beautiful. Sure. The next moment they get out of here, they go back. He's kind of super selfish again. You see Lattimore like being nice to him. In the moment, the moment those white girls show up, he instantly becomes a black predator. He literally becomes, he literally becomes at that point the thing that they show in Birth of a Nation. The thing of like, oh, he sees a white woman. Oh, he's got to go. Like, sure. he instantly goes at that moment. Even so much so, when they go to that other house where everything goes down, at, he just starts making out with her. Like, legit. And that's yeah. supposed to be the guy I feel like you're in a room of like 20 other people exactly. without really even talking to her that much. Like, you, you, yeah. you gave him that kind of thing where like you almost made him more of a villain than this cop who shot somebody in the back because they ran away from stealing food. Yeah. I don't know, guys. I'm just going to say something controversial real quick because I feel like I have to say it. But um, I don't hate that they went into Will's, Will Poulter's uh, uh, story in the way that they did. I agree. I, re- I really don't. And here's why. He's a monster. Yeah. And, I, and I really think that the movie paints him as a monster. Yeah. And I think that the more we hear his, the reasons that he's doing these things, the more he seems like a monster. The, the, I think the crime Yeah, of I think the movie, if you make these characters anonymous, then you can more easily dismiss them. Yes, yeah. and the crime of this movie is that we see him in, in his most monstrous, after everything that he's done, shoot Jacob Lattimore in cold blood. Which and I find to be the most effective scene in the yes, movie. Oh, but yeah. we yeah. have oh, yeah. no idea who Jacob Lattimore Which is. Which sucks. And that is the that is the crime. It's not that they went into that his backstory and and we got to see him like thinking that right. he's it's thinking that yeah. like because we're not killing them, he's doing the right thing. No, he's he's evil. And then after all of this, he does his best to just get off. So like he's a, he's a he is a villain and he is more of and a he's villain because they didn't at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly yeah, yeah. because because they didn't just. Uh, make him like a, a faceless sort of like villain character throughout like the, the going into that was good but you want but every not, other character to have that exactly, level of detail or, yeah, or, sure. or it's just unbalanced for, yes. yeah it's very unbalanced yes that, very, no, you're, you're right I want to stick up right. for John Boyega is the Brit in the room oh, sorry no, I know I'm, <laughs> I'm just sorry. sorry I just want to because I can't obviously I grew up in Britain where police brutality is, is a, a big issue too. I, I mean, but I, I'm not really the one who could talk about it, but he has talked about it. It's interesting hearing him talk about it. Talked about the Rashad Charles incident, which is like a really recent, terrible incident where a black kid in London was restrained for no reason and died. You know, like same, the same shit does kind of happen. The yeah. difference is UK cops don't have guns. And so that obviously Hear me out. that changes this, the scenario. And this scenario. is my thing. I, I, and obviously the American, in the, you know, it's, no, it's a very tough, particular It's a very experience. tough conversation because, of course, everyone knows the summer this whole thing happened with Sam Jackson. And I, I agree. Black people all over the like world sure, sure, deal sure, with sure, the sure. same thing. Right, right. It's just that for some reason, when it comes to American Hollywood movies, we are never given a chance. I think that right. I think that's an interesting point out. 
The other weird thing is Will Poulter is also British. The two right. ostensible leads of this movie yeah. are British. Yeah. Which is I was thinking about that too, odd. and I was like, are they doing that? To sort of, are we supposed to now distance ourselves? <laughs> like, I, mean, I assume yeah. she just yeah. thought, like, these are good the best, actors. Yeah, I want to use that. them. But, like, it is a little weird that the two main characters are played by British actors. I don't know. It, it is strange. Especially because Will Poulter is like, doing that very affected accent, you know, like he's the doing the draw. Again, this is, yeah. And I want to make sure I want to clarify because I feel like, you know, we get famous this this this, this episode. <laughs> this this <laughs> episode. No, no. I mean, I've got a couple, but I'm, yeah. I'm trying to clarify all the ones where I know it's going to come back to get me. Don't worry, Chris does plays the same it. thing on I our podcast. I do it every yeah, single just, episode. But I, feel like, but I feel like there is a thing where it's like, you know, there, there are certain things that I, I think that it would be different if we just had a chance. So we, we saw what it would be like if a black guy got to play a certain part that is inherently something that we deal with every day. Well, yeah, and, and look, yeah. I'm just curious to know no, what I, it would look and, like. And and I think that like it was a mistake to to only give pieces of the script or have actors have the have the, your your biggest uh, source of black input in the movie not have an understanding of what the whole the larger thing, thing was. they were saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like there would have been a lot, there would have been pushback, there would have been, you know, character sure. input, you know, all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff that we didn't get. But I feel like the, the three of us are actors, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and You famous, though. Uh, yeah. famous though three of us are actors but he's, he's you're famous, famous though come on you're in my subway station yeah. I mean, every day I get you're out. at the airport look at the, I was at the Toronto look, Film Festival he went for at he's the like, Toronto like, Film Festival in like, the Scotiabank where, uh-huh. where we see all the movies they play three trailers on a loop it was like Flatliners The Tick it was a third one. Off, so I watched you over oh, no, and over again. Griffin's face is like, this is not what yeah, I wanted. he's not into this. this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, let me restate, okay? Draw, okay. James. The three of us are the three finest actors of our generation. Right? <laughs> I love this. I love this. This is known. This is known. We are the three finest actors of our generation. I love this. I love this. You want to be able to play parts that are outside of you. You want to be able to get the chance to play circumstances that are different than what you have lived through. But I also think Sometimes you see performances where you're just like, wow, that is such a specific moment that clearly could only be realized by someone who has felt that, has lived through that. Things that are very, very, and I think you put it so well, that shift you feel in physical tension when a cop's around, right? Yeah. That's something that I, I think is just, it's a tiny, innate behavioral moment that would speak volumes if you saw that depicted on screen. And that's like not to get lofty about it, but the power of movies where you're able to put a microscope on these little things yeah. and make other people understand them for the first time. And there are things where it's like, look, you, you can't say that a British person can ever play an American person, no, this or that. Sure. Right. But for I mean, no, one's, stories, no one's saying that. I want to be clear. I just wanted to at least I'm, I'm yeah, point to out Thank you. Thank you. Please. I'm not saying it. Thank you. But it is, you know, certainly with certain stories and certainly the bigger conversation is just, as you said, like, why do Americans never get to tell those stories? Like, that's the biggest thing. And you want to see people get those chances. We should wrap up. We should two up. things I want to do just because of yeah. time. That was me one, helping you. Thank you for it. So Did you watch the movie? Uh, thank you so much. We've had five people in the studio. Obviously, Ben hasn't really. But Ben, did you even see the movie? 
No. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> cool. Just wanted to get that we in there. We started this miniseries, and Ben was like, you know, Detroit, it's only going to be playing for like another week. It's yeah, right, really Detroit hard. vanished from theaters very pretty fast. fast. Very quick. And yeah. we were like definitely, Ben, you we were like, do ben, don't, not need you to don't see have this. To yeah. In the room and hearing totally you guys fun. talk about it, yeah. I'm really glad because it sounds like everyone's really angry. <laughs> you would have been uh, here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah I mean. Uh, I want to play the box office game. That's the other thing. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so this, if you guys want to join in on this, because yeah, we, we rarely do pretty this recent, recent. pretty recent. Yeah. Yeah. Talking um, uh, in limited release, it was July 28th. Should we do the limited? Let's do, the, we wide. do the wide. Let's do the wide weekend. Okay. So the wide weekend, it's right. Is the next weekend. Mm-hmm. That's, that's when it expands to, uh, to 3000 theaters, yeah. wow. which is crazy. And let's After also one week in like uh, 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 20 theaters. The other crazy thing wow. about this movie yeah. is Annapurna had just been a production company and yeah. this was their first this attempt is them at being releasing. Like, we are a studio. Being a studio. Oh. This movie cost the movie themselves, releasing $34 it themselves. million dollars to make. It grossed 16. I guess it's still technically in theaters, but I it's, mean, that's where what, it is. Domestically, it's only 16. Domestically, 16 has not been released outside of the country yet. Um, wow, really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, releasing this movie in August was bold. This is not a yes. summer movie no. per yeah, se. I thought they would have made it like an Oscar. I thought they were, went for... They were, though. That's why it's so weird that they released it in August. Yeah. Like, usually this is a movie, right? You release this in like October, November, yeah. you know, Oscar season, trying to get buzz, you yeah, know, you all that it. crap. Maybe you expand it slowly. Instead, one week limited release, then wide release. Right. And they talked about it like we're trying to have our cake and eat it too. We think this can be a big box yeah. office play that then will last through the Oscars. And there's season. something admirable uh, about that. Like, especially if, if this is a better movie, yeah. but like, you know, like being like, no, no, we're not going to play the little sort of like, oh, no, it's a prestige movie. Like, this is a movie everyone should see, so we're going to put it everywhere. Right. Uh, like, there is something to admire about it, but it didn't work for this movie. Absolutely not. Uh, it opens, so it so expands to number eight. So it's not in the top five. Wow. So we're going to guess the top five. That's the box office game. And it makes oh, seven snap. opening weekend? It makes $7.1 million, yeah, okay. in, in its wide weekend. All right. uh, and, this is, and this is in August? This is okay. August 4th, 2017. Number one is a movie starring an actor of color. I just want to point out one more thing. What? August this year was like, like the worst August the deadest ever. Month. Yeah. Like they didn't have remember. competition. If this movie was clicking, this it movie would have played. It and it bad. made two times its opening weekend, essentially. A little over two. Wait, right. August? Yeah. What, black, what people are coloring? Number one is, it's a new movie. It stars an actor of color. I saw it. I had a good time. Is it, is it's it, is not it the good. bodyguard? The bodyguard? It's, uh, it's not bodyguard. the hitman's bodyguard, uh, which comes out maybe a, a week or two later. Right? It's a franchise it's play. The dark it's sort of a genre movie. It's the Dark Tower. Oh, Dark Tower. I almost said that. 19.1 million. Okay. I'll let you take the next one, James. Let's play. Come on. Let's play. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Starring okay. Idris Elba. James has removed his gloves. I know, right? Did you guys Iron see Man. The Dark Tower? Did you do an episode of The Dark Tower? We did. We did. The Dark Tower. The Dark Tower. I read. I you was like the an avid reader of the books. I like the books, too. So, again, but I knew going into it that Idris wasn't the leader of that movie. I knew it was that little boy. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's. I know. Not I knew the like, that, that little boy. That little boy had every talking line in the trailer. I, I wish it ended said, in that movie as it does for the little boy in, in the, the first Dark Tower book. Yep. I think that, that would have been. But <laughs> but I, alert. But, that little boy should be. But I mean, I can see a studio being like, oh. Uh, yeah, we got to <laughs> keep this child. Ooh, the kid just dies? And, and, and <laughs> he just keeps going? Yeah, it just, <laughs> just leaves him? He just dies? He just walks away? Anyway. Number two is kind of the out of the box hit of the summer that may is still probably the best picture front runner. Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Okay. Uh, I haven't seen it. Is it good? Is it good? It's good and it's, it's worth really seeing good. in a theater uh, for sure. I, you know, see it. Okay. I, I got. What do you got? What do you, James? What do you think? No, no, I didn't see it. Oh, you didn't see it. Okay. I thought I was looking for. 
No, I, I have no opinion. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. Nice trailers. Yeah, it is a good trailer. Great ad campaign. Number good ad campaign. Number three. Is just another huge front runner for best picture animated film. Okay, you're saying this facetiously. I'm saying it it's facetiously. not despicable me three. Oh no, no, it's emojis. The emoji, emoji movie. movie. Uh, one of the worst reviewed the movies ever. Movie, which was I to America's credit, not really a big hit. Eighty four yeah. million. It did okay. It the fact it it million. Yeah. The fact it made eighty four million is insane. I know. Right, no. but, but they the were kids, thinking. Though. I mean, put thank it this God way. it didn't make two hundred million. Put it That's this my way. thing. I'm like, it was bad, but it could have been a lot worse. Right. It underperformed relative to the Angry Birds movie. Sure. Like you know, like, you know what I'm saying. Like it, it, they wanted more from this movie. Angry Birds crossed a hundred. Yeah, like yeah. It, it flew past it. It loaded wow. up in its slingshot wow. and it flew <laughs> past the wow. you, you and John. Uh, you it, and John. <laughs> Angry <laughs> Birds made 107. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number four is definitely one of the breakout hits of the summer, also starring actors of color. Great movie. Oh, Girl, Girl Strip. Girl Strip. Okay. Girl Strip. Girl Strip. The most profitable movie of 2017, I would Girl Strip, which yeah. is Girl a movie Strip. that cost $19 million to make, has made 114 domestic. Wow. How much? How much? Get out made a lot of money too. Get, me out, get out made a ton oh, of money. Oh, you know You're right. Get out, get out is one of the most. Get out only costs like five million. Yeah, get out costs so, less than five, and it made 175 domestic. Blue House this That's year has done crazy, crazy four point five. You're you're right. Not only is Get Out the most profitable movie of the year, Get Out is like one of the five most profitable movies for in sure, history. Ever, for sure. Split did very well. Well, yeah. Split, Split was did really well. Like, Those are made, two universal movies that cost nothing to nothing. make. Yeah, Those yeah, two yeah. movies nothing. combined cost under $10 million and made over half a billion. Bloomfield had wow. a great year this he year. He should make fucking every movie. Everyone should let him make every movie. <laughs> Bloomfield had a great yeah, year. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of a character in Home Again. Jason J- Blum. Really? I mean, like, oh, is a, he? a character that's obviously supposed to be him. Not I the think. main young kid, is it? No, no, no. no okay. No, no. Wait, is he actually in it? With. No. Oh, but it's just obvious this character you is. You know, Home Again is one of those movies where it's about a struggling screenwriter. Oh, is it? Yeah. And it's like clearly the woman writing her life 10 years earlier. Every time we pitch movies. I don't know about movies, 10 years earlier. She's 29 years old. Oh, really? Yeah, man. So then why is it? Okay. Every time we pitch movies or shows and we have Hollywood in it, they tell us no one cares about Hollywood movies. And then we're like, what about these movies? And they're like, can y'all do that black thing for a whole season? And I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> well, yes. How many times does that happen? Entourage, seven seasons. I'm like, okay. All right. So I put my seven hand down every seasons time. of Extras. Made it two, three seasons. Sorry, right. go ahead. Uh, Number again. five. Number five. Yeah. yeah. Also starring an actor of color. Wow. Uh, it's a thriller. I think it was made like a while ago. Finally came out. Uh, is it is it Kidnap with Halle it's Berry? Kidnap. kidnap. Oh, wow. That's a, a movie that already doesn't exist. Wow. Considering <laughs> that that movie basically doesn't exist yeah. and got terrible reviews. Was supposed to be released three years earlier. Like there was posters it? and everything. Yeah. That was a relativity yeah. bankruptcy movie. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Still made $30 million on a $20 yeah. million dollar budget. But we already probably, forgot it existed. Oh, people Wait. rent it. I don't know. Yeah. Kidnap. Is that, like, is that like her um, Taken? Is exactly. she like there like fighting yeah. people? And they made it right after Taken. It took this long to come out. What? You should have took the Taken. Yeah. Going to Taken with Uh, her. Because she hadn't been in a movie since X-Men Days of Future Past, which she's barely in. Yeah. So like her wow. last like starring role is The Call from 2013. Which is the same movie. Right? Which is yeah, a pretty, pretty similar movie. Yeah. And then right, she is she... in Kingsman this year. Uh, which I just, I just saw it two days ago. Well, I mean, she's in it. She's in it. She's she, not giving much. She's ginger ale. Ginger ale is kind of in it. She's uh, right? behind the desk. You know, maybe in the sequel she may have something to do if she is in the sequel. Right. Which they, Kingsman they Two probably, does a lot of that. Like, uh, well, this will actually yeah. let them do something in the next well, movie. Well, yeah. just will actually they do something straight up the next admitted movie. they were like, yeah, Channing Tatum was gonna be the Pedro Pascal right. role, and Clearly, then he was busy. That role yeah. is supposed <laughs> to be <laughs> so. Guy. We just had Clearly. to put him on ice. Right. They wrote 
that to be one character right. and then he was like oh i booked something else a vacation with <laughs> Sorry, my family guys. yeah 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 <laughs> can you put I mean, me literally sense. on ice yeah for the majority He's of on this ice. film yeah that makes uh, so total that's the top sense. five that's yeah five. guys uh, you know six what o'clock? i think Thanks we gotta, for ha- we i will say this up. though i don't listen to podcasts you guys are the only ones i listen to oh. so you should feel good about that that's thank great. you I, listen, I literally listen to no other ones because they usually annoy the hell out of me even though we have our own but yeah, oh, I usually yeah. never listen because I'm like you know you listen to your own podcast. Yeah. No, I don't like hearing my voice. I hate, I hate my voice. I only listen to it when that people get offended. You guys are on a problem great with podcast. like the resonance of your voice. Of it's not even voice. what you say. Right. You just yeah, no, hate... you dislike the tonality of your own exactly. voice. I will See, go I back. Think you got a great yeah. voice. I will go back if someone <laughs> says like you offended me. I will go back and listen to it, and I'm like, all right, you know what? Maybe this was out of line, or like I will try to. But people call me out all the time, so I will go back and like I do the same thing. I mean, I don't get called out. I get a lot of hate, just general hate. Uh, but then I go back <laughs> and listen to so it, great. and I, <laughs> right? I, it's, I'm in pain for a lot of reasons. They don't like what I'm saying, and I don't like how I'm saying. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to, you want to argue with them? Yeah. You're like, I also dislike yeah, listening like, to me for different word. reasons. <laughs> if you wrote out what I'm saying, I would agree with it. I would, I would agree with that. I would stand then, behind. <laughs> can I ask you a question though before I leave? Yeah, please. Now, now that you're famous, <sighs> yeah. You, no, this is this is like legit question. Sure. We're gonna wrap time. up here. We haven't even yeah. done our Bigelow rankings, though. We'll oh, do that. No. Let's do that on on our family episode. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm sorry. No, we get right. This is, no, no, but we, you're right. I think because we. Let's I, do I it think. Later. Yeah. That'd be yeah. real. Do you like having a podcast? You guys critique movies and stuff. Do you ever feel like you like can't it's say very bizarre? It's or? very bizarre. I mean, I've told this story before, but you know, I I knew Ben because we did a, a podcast for the Chris Gethard show, like a recap Ooh. podcast, and that went on for a couple years, and then we stopped doing it. And I really want to do another podcast. And I was talking to my agents about it. And they were like, well, you shouldn't do a podcast about movies because you're going to share all your opinions and it'll probably be bad. Like, that's clearly yeah. the thing you have the most to say about, but it would probably be bad for your career. And then I started doing this. And when I started doing the show, I, like, had gotten fired off of Mulaney. I was, like, being given nothing to do on vinyl, which seemed like a sinking ship. And I was like, yeah, this might, like, this might not be going anywhere. I might just double down on like stand up and doing this Uh podcast and not try to really be like getting hired by big production. So who gives a shit? And then this podcast has been like charting the arc of me actually getting like some modicum of like a career under my feet. But I've tried to not like pull punches in that Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. The way I always justify it and I feel like. I I certainly feel this kinship with you because Mm -hmm. I hear you say stuff on your podcast where I'm like. I love that he's not holding back, right. despite the fact that he's trying to work in this industry, which is my basic philosophy. But it's like, if you really feel that strongly against something, you would be lying to yourself if you then went in and like said like, oh, it's, a, it's an honor and a privilege and tried to work for them. You know, like the directors that I shit on on this podcast, I would feel like a bullshit artist if I was hired by them to be in their movie, even if I hadn't said that stuff on mic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sort of my rationalization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of it. I don't. You're gonna get cast in like a Trevor. Movie I know. I'm, I'm oh. probably. This is oh, gonna bite so me in the ass someday. But that's my rationalization. I say, I say okay. Can we, can we, I say the same thing all the time. Right. I literally go like, one of these days this is gonna come but back to thing, get me. Yeah, but. But, and the thing with that though is like Trevor knows that people don't like some of his movies. Right. If well, not. does he? I heard he, he, he knows sure now. He knows now. He knows. I don't know if he knew. I mean, not before Star Wars. He had to know that. Jurassic World was polarizing. No, he knew he he did because he had defended things. Like people would ask him, "Why'd you do this?" So he would defend it. So I guess he knew a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. I think he, he 
he thought the book of Henry was going to be a hit. Right? Do, you, do you know what I think though? And mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm always lying to myself, but I repeat this to myself all the time. Is mm-hmm. like the justification for like stand, you know, by by your your opinions. You know, yeah. like speak openly on the podcast, share your thoughts. Is like, yeah, maybe it'll cost me a couple jobs. But someday it's going to get me the job that matters. Yeah, that's like, I imagine oh, yeah. like Spielberg's going to call and be like, so first of all, I love blank check. And I'm like, there we go. I think that's what drives guys like you and I to yeah, be it's just like, a hope. It's just a little bit of the hope one that. person you actually respect is yeah. going to be like, I'm hiring you because you said that movie was right. bad. Spielberg calls. I mean, honestly, I would die. Like, yeah, what's up? What's up, Spielberg? <laughs> guys, we got to wrap up. Uh, I'm sorry to push it. It's yeah, just, no, no, no. Ben's no, got to no, go to the chiropractor. Literally, we care about what's happening to you. Yeah, Ben's got to get his James diet. James has to coach. I do. We're, we're all very, very busy. Well, we I'm going to go walk in the park. We're probably going to get a bagel. I might get a bagel. Yeah, let's let's take a walk. But thank you so much for being on the show. I want you to listen to Black Man Can't Jump in Hollywood if they aren't already. Please do. What's wrong with you if you aren't listening? Yeah. Um, please remember to rate your review. Subscribe. Thanks to Ange Fergudo for our social media, Lane Montgomery for our theme song, Pat Reynolds and Joe Bowen for our artwork. Ben looks like he has something to say. Uh, tune in next week for our episode on Justice League. That's right. Oh, next That's week right. Next Justice week we're doing League. Justice League, so we can talk about it then. We're oh, recording these in hey, advance. Hey, hey, we'll wait, do wait, the Bigelow one then. Yeah, yeah, y'all, yeah. Doing, y'all doing Justice League? Yeah. yeah. They won't let me do it because, you know... Because like, Cyborg yeah, Cyborg's in, not the lead. Yeah, can, like the I lead mean, character. I mean, if y'all, if y'all want like a, a Batman aficionado... I'm just saying. Maybe we'll bring you back here in two months from when we're recording <laughs> yeah, this like, episode. Like, you know, that like, will then actually be released next week. But yeah, good call, Ben. Tattoo. Good call. Yeah. Setting good that call. out. Justice and League is next. Happy Thanksgiving. And happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Because this be... is coming out around wow. Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're looking far into the future <laughs> <laughs> on this one. Who knows uh, what secrets will uh, be held for us in that world. Uh, and, and as always... Hancock's a good movie. Oh, oh yeah, my. yeah, yeah. I mean, I stand by that. 100% Hancock's a good movie. That was a HeadGum Podcast. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.